Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family, we chose this one. This is episode 229, Hobbs and Shaw, lap 10. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Too. And this episode is brought to you by Hobbs and Son Garage. They are located in Mount Juliet, Tennessee. And if you need an oil change, auto repair, or tires, call Hobbs and Son Garage. Well, shout out to Hobbs and Son. And welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. After the break, we're going to be talking about Hobbs and Shaw. Not Hobbs and Son, but Hobbs and Shaw. But Joe, extracurricular activities, what have you been up to since we last spoke? Nothing super... Oh, I have like one fun thing. Well, one thing we'll, we will talk about because we both did the same thing separately. One fun thing is I actually text... I messaged you and Kara about this, but mainly just Kara about this. That, um, you know, we have like this long list of shows that are like uh, what Kara called knife show right yep. when we were talking about it yep. where it's a competition where like specialty artists make like a thing well there's one that we found on netflix because we watch a lot of these so they get recommended to us that was a chocolate one okay and i forget what the name of the actual show is you could probably figure it out pretty easily but there's this guy who's french who's like an expert chocolate sculptor okay so he makes like very hyper realistic things very functional things like a chandelier thing that looks like a pterodactyl and he makes it entirely out of chocolate there was some people that are like kind of chocolatiers or pastry chefs that came and they like compete i think there's about eight of them and um, nobody gets sent home. They just get put in timeout if you don't do well on the first challenge. And, like, the okay. first one is, like, you know, you make, like, whatever, right? Like, a mug of coffee or something. And then, like, they fill it with a cake. And then, like, when he cuts it, it, like, breaks through the chocolate. And he, like, teaches them all kinds of cool chocolate techniques, like how to blow glass sugar orbs and stuff like this. Like, okay. Yeah, he, like, kind of reveals his secrets, like, things that they – like, they're fans of his – and he has social media and they're like always hype on his social media and he has like lots of tricks that like he doesn't show how to do but like he taught these people how to do them and then it's like okay now you incorporate this into today's challenge right like you have to make a glass ball like a sugar ball or whatever it's just really wholesome and fascinating and if you like these kind of shows uh chocolate show is top tier there's only one season of it right is it called school of chocolate probably Eight pros study the art of chocolate under the tutelage of a famed chocolatier. That sounds about right. Yeah, that I, that's probably the name of it. And he's like, he just makes wild shit. So it's fun to watch. It's really gentle. Um, something put on in the background, and I really, really enjoyed it um, because like I like all these glass blowing ones. The knife, like the knife ones, aren't fat. Like I don't, I'm not like a weapony guy, right? Mm-hmm. But like even that is like you know, like they're still. Well, make- I think seeing somebody who's good at something do that thing they're good at is always yeah. really satisfying to some level, right? Exactly, yeah. So um, if you're bored and you have Netflix, uh, I give Chocolate Show two thumbs up. It's a fun uh, show to blow through. Cool. Um, How about you, brother? What have you been up to? Thursday, I saw The Batman, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Yep. Then on Friday, Bob came up to do a lot of pods, so we did that. Then Saturday, so here's, remember I was saying to you, I'm like, I have a story that's not like a funny, but it's an accumulative story. So here's, here's what happened. So last week, jumping ahead to the email section... New $5 patron, meet Jason R. So Jason R., Jason Rainey, who's tweeted at us before. Oh, nice. Uh, joined the Patreon Welcome, at $5. Jason. And I'm like, that's very cool. Yeah, March thanks, 3rd, Jason. so it was not the February pledge drive, but we said in the last episode, it goes on. We're going to extend it a little bit. So 
I'm like, cool, okay. So I got to talk to Brian, but I don't want to tell Brian about this until I talk to you about it because like I don't want him to know before you know and all this different stuff. I'm like, that makes and of sense. course, in yeah. my in my classic way of doing things, I'm overthinking it, but I'm just like, whatever. Jason, we know you're, you're going to get your stickers, but I wanted to talk to Brian, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Simultaneously, on Saturday, Larson had a little birthday get-together that his wife planned for him Happy at their house. Happy birthday, Larson. How are Happy you? Happy birthday, Larson. Yeah. I went there, and of course, Brian was there. Uh, also, Mike Manzi is there, the resident historian, Mike Manzi. Ooh, but nice. I was like, oh, Brian, this is perfect, because on the way here... I just passed a little uh, used bookstore that said they have DVDs on the wall. Um, let's see if they have a Fast and Furious movie and we can send it all, you know, whatever. Yes. So Brian and I go to this DVD store. They don't have any, but Brian gets a couple records. He gives one to Mike. He, he like, just, Brian loves spending money on other people. It's, it's a wonderful characteristic of Brian. He's and very so, gifty. It's cute. I like he it. He is yes. very gifty. There's no DVD, so we get back and... I just order a movie off of eBay, so it's on the way here. So, Jason, when that gets here, you will have that and the... Um, well, it needs, then it needs to be autographed. And well, yeah, I mean, that's, gonna, that's, that's the easy part. But when I get this, I'm going to send it along with the stickers out to you, so it's not out yet, but on the way. By the time you hear this, hopefully I'll have the movie, whatever. So, um, it was just funny that I'm like, I need this sort of like weird chain of events to happen where I need to tell Brian about a thing, but I don't want to tell Brian about a thing. Like, I don't want to go out of my way, blah, blah, whatever. But I'm like, oh, I'm here. There's a DVD store. Let's just get it done. So yeah. Uh, Jason also emailed in. We'll get to that later when we get to the email section in earnest later. But that was Saturday. And then otherwise, I think I've just been hanging around, playing some Elden Ring, watching some movies, playing or watching some TV. I watched After Yang, which is by Koganada, who's the guy who made Columbus, which is one of my favorite movies. Uh, this movie also is awesome. I know this is not going to be a selling point to you, but it's a beautiful movie. It's like about the meditation of like grief and loss and death. So, you know, <laughs> right up my alley. But it's also like about robots and clones and stuff like that. So it's cool. Uh, That's it's, also, cool. it's great. Before we get to the Batman, because we're going to try something different this episode. We'll get to that in a second. But I have some TV updates. So I don't know if you watched either of these. They both started last week. But I've seen one episode of The Dropout, which is that... Uh, Elizabeth Holmes Theranos show with Amanda Seyfried. Did you guys watch that? Or are you going to watch that or no? Oh, uh, it sounds really good. I would like to watch it because I watched the documentary when that came out. Right. So there was a book and then but a this documentary is, this based is a on drama. the book. This is a drama. This is a scripted drama uh, with Amanda Seyfried. It was originally going to be Kate McKinnon who dropped out. They replaced her with Amanda Seyfried. And now it's on Hulu as they put out three episodes last week. And I think it's weekly on like Thursdays or something. So I've only seen one. There's three out right now as I say this. Okay. And then there's a movie coming out, I think. I think that's still the plan with Jennifer Lawrence as Elizabeth Holmes. I don't know. But I know that this for sure is that. I also started, I watched the first episode of Winning Time. You know that, have you seen that HBO show? I'm sure you've heard about it, about the Lakers, the start of the Lakers dynasty. I've heard about it, and I heard that it's amazing. It's really good. It's very funny. It's Adam McKay, who did, like, The Big Short, which we both love. He did Vice, which I hated. He did Don't Look Up, which is kind of a mess or whatever. But it's the same kind of, like, talk to the camera, teach a thing, go back in time thing. Yeah. It's really good. So I recommend Winning Time. That's weekly on Everybody Sundays said it's on HBO. Awesome. I- I've yeah. heard people that aren't even Lakers fans really, really, really enjoying it. Yeah, I think it's really good. I think it's really well done. I think it's enjoyable, and so and it's not a documentary. It's like a it's a drama, right? It's scripted. Yeah, like John and, C. Yeah. Riley plays Jerry Buss, who buys the Lakers. So uh, I also started uh, the next show that Bob and I are going to watch is Dope Sick, which is a Hulu show about the opioid epidemic with Michael Keaton and Caitlin Deaver, uh, which is 
kind of de- kind of depressing, kind of heavy, but also really well done. So it that's sounds cool. it actually sounds pretty cool to be honest. Caitlin Deaver's awesome. Like she was so good on Justified. She's obviously great in Booksmart. Um, I watched that show, Unbelievable, uh, where she is the victim of a rape. But like it's it's just like and it's like a, that's like a, also like a cop show. Like it's just it's great. Like it's really really good. She's awesome. Uh, the show is heavy, but worth checking out. That came out last year, so that's all available on Hulu. And the other TV thing of note, before we talk about the other TV thing, is I watched, I finally, after 14 months, I finished Seinfeld. I know. So uh, that you know the I, – I was waiting to ask you here. I figured you were close if you hadn't finished it yet. Um, and you know the ending was very divisive. Um, so what did you think about the ending? I want to hear your take on it. I think the finale is one of the least funny episodes the show ever did. That is absolutely fair. <laughs> um, I totally agree. I'm not a fan of the Seinfeld finale at all. Uh, the Sopranos one definitely came around on me. Those are like the two big ones yep. from when I was a kid that I remember. And yeah, the Seinfeld one was kind of like they brought... I see what they were trying to do. It just and I appreciate didn't work. Like, I, I like that yeah. they brought everybody back. Like I think that's a cool Same. idea. But Same. At the same time, it doesn't it's just not funny. Well. Like, just try to be funny or something. You know what I mean? Well, you know, like, I think Larry David left the last season. Did you know that? He All did, but he, mean- came back to, he came back to write this one. He wrote the finale. Maybe he was just being salty and made it unfunny on purpose. I don't know, but spoilers, It's not funny. I agree. <laughs> spoilers for Seinfeld. <laughs> That's been off be the air for 20 years. But they get arrested, and so they have this, like, they're, they're on trial in this small town in Massachusetts, and they basically bring back every major character and minor character from the show to either watch from the crowd or just, you know, testify against witnesses. them. As character witnesses. Yeah. And, and they're all just, against them. Yeah. Yeah. They're all just like, they're shitty people. And like, this is how they ruined my life in their mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Yeah. And so my friend was saying that because, you know, at the end, they're like, oh, you know, we got a year. We'll be back in a year. It's fine. So my friend was saying that, like, when it was on, a lot of people, I think, understandably so, were just like, oh, they're going to come back. They're going to take a year off and season 10 is going to be in a year, which I'm like, yeah, that, that makes sense because it's kind of, it seems like what they're setting it up for, but, you know, they just never came back. Exactly. Except for there's a one episode of Curb, which we're going to start at some point uh, whenever we get to it chronologically, where it's kind of like a Seinfeld reunion. Do you know about that? I watched some Curb. I find Larry David himself kind of annoying. Okay. Like, you know that, like, he's George, right? Like, he's, yes. like yep. George is Larry David. I find George... Uh, like an endearing moron. Okay. Larry David is more grating to me. Like even though I know it's it's in the same voice, right? Like it's mm-hmm. the same thing. Um, I never found it to hit as well when it's him as opposed to watching Jason Alexander play George. That's fair. Yeah. I've seen some of Curb. I think I maybe watched a season of Curb, and I know Larry David just from like being alive and being around. Like you just know his demeanor or whatever, but. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I I thought I was going to like Seinfeld. I wound up liking Seinfeld a lot more than I think I was. I thought I was going to. I, yeah, you started off in a rough kind of spot, but I mean that first season is. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's the other thing is that like the finale is kind of, like so right before the finale, which is like an hour. It's like fifty six minutes. Like it's a very long finale. I'm just like this feels very long. You know what I mean? Like it's. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they had like a forty five minute clip show. And the clip show was really, really funny. Like, I thought it was, like, it basically does what the finale is trying to do, but does it better? Because it's just like, hey, remember all these funny things? Like, here's the funniness. Oh, yeah, yeah, they do those. I think they did those actually for, like, at the end of every season if you had the DVDs and stuff. They aired probably two clip shows in syndicate, like, just, like, as it went on or whatever. So, like, there's probably, like, highlight reels or whatever, but there's also just 
a couple clip shows in the normal run. But what I thought was interesting about the clip show was that most of the funny stuff, like most of almost entire clip show was from like the back half of the show. So, like, I think that they even knew that, like, whether whether it's not, like, the, the problematic stuff or whatever, it's, like, I think they also realized that the earliest stuff, the earlier stuff wasn't as funny because they were just trying to figure out, like, what worked. But, like, all the clip, almost the entirety of the clip show is, like, seasons, like, four through nine or whatever. So, like, I like that, like, the, there weren't things that, like, I didn't think were funny that were in the clip show. Is that Does that make sense? Yes. Because uh, they know that they got hot, like, it, it like... Yeah. Three through six or whatever it was, seven. I think it's really funny until the very end. Like I know yes, it gets yeah, like, it goes, sillier and wackier, but like I, yeah. I think it's still really, really funny at the end. That's a, in the in the meme groups. It's very decisive. A lot of people don't like the last season because they think it like kind of went off the rails. I really enjoy it, and I think there's some great episodes in it. So yeah, I agree. But you, you hit might, the run like like the prime middle yes. chunk is like the good, really good parts. Yeah, I think I think Larry leaves either like eight or nine, maybe. So I think a lot of people are like three through seven or whatever is like the like my friend has like all these like really like hard and fast, like either thoughts or what he's heard or what he's read over all these years. He's like, you know, Simpsons is going to be good after past uh, past nine. I'm like, it's probably going to be better than you think. He's just like Seinfeld the last two seasons are really weird. I'm just like, are they, though? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, they're not. They just like lean into it more. I right. agree. Yeah, exactly. So what we're going to try today because instead of talking about the endgame, which I do want to hear about the endgame, because you watched episode three, Young Rock starts next week. We'll cover Young Rock next week. But we are going to have like brief, not like long ass conversations, but like in a couple minutes, we're going to talk about the Batman and the after party. So if you have not seen those yet, if you don't want those spoiled, I will put in the description for the episode the start and stop times for those. If you want to skip it, by all means, just go to the description of the episode, tap the button or go to the time, like scrub to the time. And that's that. But before we get there, uh, Joe, do you want to talk about the end game? Because you said, I did not watch this episode. You said, based on what we've talked about, I would probably hate this episode. <laughs> yeah, so I'm assuming if you're listening now, it's like a week old. Hopefully you watched it if you wanted to watch it. Well, the patrons would have heard it. Like t- It could have been like two days old for the patrons. The patrons, it's yeah. still relatively new. Yeah, so like again, just skip to the end if you don't want to hear about this because I'm gonna spoil it too. But I'm gonna spoil it just to tell you what was going on. So like, okay, you know, like we were like left off in the bank, and there's like a woman in the vault. So they're like, um, oh fuck, what was the word that she uses? Oh, it's something so weird. It's like where there's smoke, there's fire. They say the name of an animal, and I can't forget if it was like an eagle or a falcon or what. And she's like. Oh no! She like she like looks through the FBI Twitter and sees <laughs> wait 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 and sees that this like storage facility is on fire and it's called like you know like Klavkov storage facility and she's like you know what Klavkov is in in Russian and it's it's an eagle Ooh. and like yeah so so they go to the storage facility find a dead body uh, she <laughs> she. T- steals the camera like the screens in Times Square announces that she wants essentially Anderson Cooper to be like to negotiate with her and cool. they're like okay cool uh, like tell us about the falcon i think it was a falcon tell us about the falcon or the ostrich i don't know a weird animal so like he comes and they're like yeah tell us about the ostrich or whatever that's when they figure that out but it turns out like he murdered this girl and like now she like gets him arrested cuz at the end of the last episode she got like that one governor chick arrested right so she's, like, just exposing all these government people's crimes one episode at a time. That's what it seems like is happening. Okay. But it's, like, you know, they give you these clues. And then, like, her hu- – and there was, like, a lot of the backstory about how, like, the husband knew them. He was an agent, too. Uh, they sell- they sold guns. 
and like how he was involved in them. He's like, here, good luck, and hands her a shamrock, like the wife, right? Who's like the detective that is nego- like the, the yeah. only one that she likes. And so she has the shamrock, and she comes home, and at the end of the episode, she's looking at the shamrock, and she looks at her bookcase, and there's one book that was by Shamrock Publishing. She <laughs> opens the book, and there's a flash drive in it, and that's how the episode ended. So uh, that's why I was I was laughing, because as we were talking before, you were like, this show kind of seems like it's up its own ass, and like in the sense that like it gives you clues and it's like this like look at how smart they are but like they're also really corny clues and things. you know like i i we'll get to the batman but there's a couple things you're describing there that are also kind of similar to things in the batman i'm just like oh okay so maybe it's just like you know it's it's the execution of how it is or whatever right so i don't know but there's like a, there's a flash drive in the batman or something else i'm just like mm, okay so yeah but yeah this this was just wildly different feels um so i'm happy to keep watching and give you descriptions of the episode because it seemed like you got a couple chuckles out of that one so if you find it more enjoyable just to hear the joe tilder version of it definitely perfect i'm i'm glad to keep you updated on how it's going and i am thrilled to save myself like 43 minutes a week just because i'm good i'm good yeah i mean like yeah that was the whole gist of as you could see that's pretty much the episode. well it just kind of it feels like it's like a dan brown book right like it's a da vinci code just like yes, oh my god can yes. you believe and like benjamin franklin like his built kid a secret cave. yeah exactly so yeah his child that we didn't know about yeah very cool very very cool okay do you want to talk about the after party or batman first up to you whatever you like bud uh let's do the after party okay i finished it last night Cool. That was the eight-episode Apple TV series that I started watching with Bob and I told you about, and you, Rachel, really liked it. Yep, yep. I was so confident in, like, episode six, and I'm like, I know who the killer is. And I was talking to like, him. it think, was? I thought it was Zoe. I thought it was the mom, like, uh, uh, the teacher, Ike, principal. Ike Barinholtz. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm like, and, I, and like, that was one episode that Bob and I watched together, and I'm like, I think it's her because, like, it's setting up that she's, like, so, like, shocked and aghast, and, like, it just feels like she's trying to set somebody else to take the fall for it and, like, make her life easier, like, setting up her ex-husband or whatever. Okay. And it seemed like the way that they were, like, editing, because it also, like, narratively felt like that was going to be what it was, and then when they revealed the actual killer, I was just like, oh, shit, I was wrong. But, like, yeah, it but made it also all made... the sense in the world. <laughs> Yeah, that's it was like slapping you in the face the whole time, right? So yes. uh I really like the show. I like we talked about it on here a little bit, but I like that like each uh episode kind of took on a different genre or a different perspective and how it was shot, feel, vibe, score, everything. So that made me really, really happy. Uh yeah, when we got to like the last episode's kind of like a runaround of like who do you think the killer is, whatever, whatever. It's real Hercule Poirot, like the Agatha Christie, the Kenneth Branagh movies, where it's just like Rachel everybody said get very in the room. Clue. Yep, and I'm gonna explain who this is and why this is and what happened and why you didn't do it and why you did do it and yes, yeah. like everybody's thing. So um, yeah, it was excellent. I found it very enjoyable. I know that you and I talked that it already got picked up for a second season, and you were not very excited by that prospect. Well, so I'm for a couple different reasons. Number one, go ahead. I'm curious to see because, like, the premise of the show is that every every episode is a different genre. So I'm wondering yes. if they're going to continue that. Of course, because I think that there are a good number of genres left, especially if you like use a different kind of animation style every year or whatever. Yeah, but I feel yeah, like yeah. that might run dry sort of quickly but i also like you know the premise of the show was that a rich person gets killed 
at a high school reunion. And, like, you can't do that again. So if it just becomes, but, like, a Tiffany Haddish story, then, like, it's better. But I, I'm just... That's, I'm like, that's eh. what I'm... Okay, so when we finished it, I assumed that it's now just Tiffany Haddish solving crimes. Right. And it's a murder mystery dinner theater every season with Tiffany Haddish as the main character. And you really, you told me that you really liked the Tiffany Haddish episode. Yeah, the, the flashback episode I thought was really good. I See, for me, that one didn't hit as much. But Rachel and I were talking about it, like... That actually might be one of our least favorite episodes, but mostly because we watched so much like SVU and bullshit like that, and I, that's what I was trying to wrap my head around. Like, wh- like how did you enjoy it so much? And it didn't I liked hit it a lot because a lot of the guest people on that, like all the people, so like for the most part, in the other seven episodes, we yeah. have like ten characters, and like that's all we're seeing, right? Like it's all the suspects, it's the people going, it's at at the reunion, and I felt like it was a nice change of pace that the other episode the flashback episode was like all new people and so it was new actors new characters all sorts of stuff yeah so let me bring up who was in that remember that uh barbie ferreira who plays cat on euphoria was in there she was the one with the green hair that they thought did it she was it was cool to see her in something because like on euphoria she's like so depressive and like there it was something different uh, 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 Fred Savage was nice to see. Yeah, Reed Scott, who's the guy from Veep. I don't know if you watched Veep, but he was like her old. He was the he's the Dick detective who like also shows up at the end of the finale. Yeah, uh, Jimmy Tatro, who is her partner, is the guy from the first season of American Vandal. Did you guys watch that? Oh yeah, we watched the first season and most of the second season, if not all of it. I forget. Definitely the Dicks one, for sure. Yeah, so the broy guy who drew the Dicks. Yes, 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 him. That yeah, was yeah. her partner, and I love seeing yep, him yep. there. I Yeah, I recognize him, and he's like, dude, he's a real man now. That was like my first reaction. <laughs> like, when I saw it, like, from the time of American Vandal till now, I'm like, oh shit, he looks like a dad, right? Like, So I like that they were able to bring people in, and it's sort of like, that kind of gave me, like, Bob was worried. He's like, this better lead to something. Because it feels like if you're just if you if you're like hey we have eight episodes but we only have like seven genres or whatever it's just like well again doesn't really fit the premise of the show or whatever but it kind of makes sense as like a backdoor pilot into like what the Tiffany Haddish show could be you know yes yeah 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 I understand that and I agree I think so and especially if it's her and Jimmy Tatro together like I would love that I mean I also love John Early so like keep him around please that's also great like he's her partner in the modern day in the in yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Um, were you sad did you think that the um, the resolution was okay. Yes. Did you like? Yeah. The, did you like who the killer was? Yes, I did. In I in the sense that like it all made sense, and in in the last episode they kind of did do a good job of red herring it, herring, herringing, herringing, herringing you into thinking it could be somebody else. When like you know they lay it out, all signs point that way, so it made perfect sense. I I was satisfied with it. It was fun. The only problem is, like, you know, you kind of get rid of one of my favorite characters, but based on how the show should go, I can't imagine that, like, you'd Yeah, I don't think any of the, like, attendees would come back, right? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, it just, it would be really a stretch if they tried to do that. Like, maybe one as, like, a coincidence, like, oh, you're here again, or whatever, but, like, if there's more than one, it's like, what are we, what are we doing, right? That 
And also, the killer, you can always call back to the killer, and because it's sure. one of my favorite characters, they can be like, oh, we need to like go tap his brain why he did it, you know what I mean? And then you can do that, like a normal cop show. Whatever. I think it's kind of funny that like I had like Ben Schwartz blinders on, because I loved him. Like He wasn't why I watched the show, like I would have watched it even if he wasn't in it, but oh, like but he was I on Comedy Bang Bang yeah. promoting it and stuff like that, and I was just like... Oh, like I didn't even think he could be the killer because I just like him. You know what I mean? And, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think, which is why it was a good resolution. Yeah, and also I think like it's hard in like a murder mystery show to have like a satisfying resolution. Like you know, on Murder Town, Murderville, Murderville, on Murderville, it's like you know, it's a different thing. It's not like an ongoing like four or five or six hour narrative. It's just like a half an hour thing. But like it's always just like, yeah, okay, who cares? Like yeah, he did it because like he's a, he's the only left handed suspect. It's just like yeah, cool. Yeah. Thanks. But like this, like actually, like there was reasoning and like it it made sense and it oh, was yeah. just like it was it was I think it was a well done like it wasn't just funny and well made and an interesting premise but like it also satisfied it was just like okay I agree great show highly recommended you guys should go watch it and hopefully we didn't spoil it for you yes and now the Batman which we both saw in theaters what'd you think I really really liked it I really really liked it I mean I I'm obviously very very biased as I was leaving. Um, my coworkers, I told them, you know, I'm going to see the Batman tonight, and they said, okay, let us know how it is tomorrow, and I'm like, I'm just telling you right now, there's a high likelihood I really enjoy this, because I'm a big Robert Pattinson fan, I'm a big mm-hmm. Batman fan, mm-hmm. there's not much that they could do to go wrong here for me. Yeah, I fucking loved it. I think it's uh, up there with The Dark Knight Rises as one of my favorite Batman movies. The Dark Knight Rises? You like the third one the best or just the Dark Knight? No, sorry, the Dark Knight. Yeah, the yeah. Dark Knight... I, I like Dark Knight Rises because it was shot in Pittsburgh, obviously, but yes. I think that Dar- the Dark Knight is vastly better than beginning, Begins and Rises. I like the first two of those. I think this is like my third favorite. I think this the new one, The Batman, is too long. I don't know exactly what you would cut out. Like, I felt the length. It's I long. Think the, it's long. It is. The end kind of felt like what they give... Lord of the Rings Return of the King shit for because it feels like the last six scenes of the movie all could be the last scene of the movie I'm just like oh right I guess we have to wrap this up too oh right I guess we have to like but like everything's just like okay here's the end of the movie um, so that's the one thing I'm just like I kind of wish to like because halfway through the movie I'm like I might watch this again in theaters like this week like I might go back and see it again and like by the end I'm just like I think I'm good like I really liked it a lot I will obviously buy it I will watch it again I enjoyed it but I don't know that I need to see it again. Like, it's not like where I liked it so much that I want to go see it again immediately. You know what I mean? Uh, Rachel really liked it. She, this is one of the first movies she's ever requested to go back and see in theaters again okay. before it leaves theaters. That's, so that's like a big, you know, thing. Um, sure. She says it's her favorite Batman besides Batman Begins or Batman Forever. Which one? I forget. Forever. Because she, she loves the shitty Batman ones, too. So she likes she likes Riddler movies, right? Because that's a Jim Carrey Riddler movie, right? So oh yeah, that's right. I didn't think about that. Yeah. I don't think that it's necessarily the Riddler. She, she she likes how um cartoony and yeah 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 and those how that one was. But yeah, so she's like thinks it's great. I I think down the line it was awesome. Like the acting, all of them, the score is incredible. Yeah, Mondo just put out. I bought today the vinyl because Michael Giacchino, who did the music for Lost, did it, and the music oh, that's was what amazing. She told me this. Yep, yep, yep. She told so. Me this. You know, so much of it is that, like, Hans Zimmer's great, but, like, everything sort of sounds like the dong, like the Christopher Nolan, yes. like, the, all, <laughs> yeah. like, all his movies, like, sound, every movie sounds like that now, because, like, that's just, like, how you do it, yeah. and this was just, like, oh, no, this is, like, this is awesome. Yeah, I agree. I really, really liked it. Um, it was a little bit different. Um, who was it that pointed out, maybe John Brooks pointed it out, that we all love the Batman theme so much in the Batman, because it sounds so much like the Imperial March? Oh, yeah, I've, I saw that on Twitter. I don't know if it was John, but I, I definitely saw that, yeah. 
yeah, like one of one of our friends, either Garrett or or John Brooks. I think it was Garrett. I think I saw. I think I saw Garrett. Was it? Yeah, it was one. I felt like it was one of the two. Like one of one of these two guys that we know that makes pop culture takes yeah. that are interesting. Yeah. Uh, the thing that most applies to our show that I want to bring up, I retweeted a Go tweet ahead. that was basically my sentiment, but that it's the best Batmobile of all time. Like the fuck, the American Muscle, the way that like it it reveals. Like so, one of the I think one of the racer trash editors I retweeted as too fast this morning, where he's like, I'm thinking about seeing the movie again just to see that reveal. And like, man, it's like just the the revving of the engine. The it's jet, so, it's so awesome. It's, it's really cool. It's really fun. Did you see that they're releasing a Lego um, Batmobile? Set, like like set. in the style, oh okay, in the style like the Dom thing. Okay, I might have to buy that because that that it's that's awesome. It's so Rachel cool. obviously wants it too. Yeah, they like just they like posted on the Lego page the other day. So yeah, the the, the Batman's the Batmobile is going to be made into a Technic set. Also, my friend just told me right before we were about to record, Dylan said that um, HBO Max is picking up a, a Penguin origin story with what's his name, Colin Farrell. Yeah, Colin Farrell is going to do a Penguin origin story like show for HBO Max. Yeah, there are going to be two shows. I think there's also like a Commissioner oh. Gordon one. One of them, and I don't remember which one. I don't remember. But he's if not it Commissioner. Was... He's like Lieutenant Gordon. Yeah, okay. I don't remember if it's the Gordon one or the Colin Farrell one. But one of them switched to just being about Arkham, which is the prison. Also, which would be is fucking sick too. Cool. Yeah. Yes, which is why like. Because Batman had like the what they call the Rogues Gallery, like all the villains in his universe. Like it's his bench is so deep. The reason the video games I think are so cool, and they just announced today that like the next kind of in that sort of lineage comes out this October. But the reason those, those games are so cool is that it's just like there's like a, you you fight against Killer Croc like once and like he just like goes away. Like it's just not like there's there's there's, there's a reason stable. he's there for one thing. Right? Yes, exactly. There's a gigantic and like because he's in the DC universe, you can pretty much use whatever DC villains you want, right? Mm-hmm. Like because mm-hmm. we have like the Batman Superman crossover bullshit, whatever, right? So like you have so many awesome Batman villains. I'm glad. I'm also just personally glad that like DC finally hit one again. Like, they seem to be, like, on a good stretch here. Oh, yeah, for sure. You mean in all the movies. Yeah. Like, we had Suicide Squad, which was good. We had um, the Joker, which I really liked. You have this now. And, like, if you use this Robert Pattinson Batman to start a new set of Batman, Superman, you know what I mean, things, and, like, you kind of keep this tone, I will enjoy it. And I think that you can rival Marvel. You have such great characters Ben Affleck being a fifty-year-old retired Batman is not going to do it for me. So just right. like I'm. Over well, I think that. what's what's interesting is like they're doing the Flash movie. Like, did you have before you saw the movie? Did you have a trailer for the year of DC? I don't remember because I don't look. I was playing on my phone. There was like a a two-minute trailer that was like, "Go see these DC movies this year," and it was like the Batman, which I'm like, I don't need to be told to see the Batman. Oh, we did get a we did get a trailer for the yes, we did get a trailer. I remember that because Rachel and I looked at each other like, "Cool." (laughs) Yep, and it was like Black Adam, and it was the Flash, and it was whatever the fourth one is this year, and I'm just like. What are we doing here? But what's interesting, the reason I bring that up is because, like, the Flash they're doing is the Flash from, like, the Affleck Batman, like, the Zack Snyderverse. And, like, he's a great Flash. I think he's a great Flash, but... You have the chance to do everything over. I guess. But also, like, I... You know, comic books, just like, you know, Crisis on Infinite Earths was literally, like, all the universes meld into one because we have too many characters. We need to kill a bunch off. So, you know, it's nothing to say. Or, like, Flashpoint is, like, different... You know, it's a multiverse or whatever, right? So, like... 
you can combine things. It's just weird to have like, oh, this is like Affleck Batman's Flash, but we have a different Batman, but we have a different this. A different Joker, a different um, Riddler, and then all of a sudden you have yep. the same Flash. Yeah. Yeah. So, because now we have Joker-wise, we got Joaquin, if that continues. We got Jared Leto, who I don't think that's going to continue. But now we also have Barry Keoghan in the post-credits, in the mid-credits, or the end of the movie or whatever, of the Batman. So we have at least three different, like, active, maybe, Jokers. So there are some complaints that, like, he was getting his ass kicked, I saw, by a lot of people. But, like, I really like early Batman. Like, he knows he's Batman, but he didn't, he didn't like, rely heavily on gadgetry. You know, like, he wasn't, like, going to stab... He's not Batman in his prime yet, right? Yeah, the thing where he, like, he, he squirrel suits out of the building and then pulls that parachute, and, like, the parachute gets, like, caught on an overpass. Yes! And he, like, crashes. I'm like, that's, that's cool. Like, it's cool to see Batman eat shit. It is. In, in the same sense that, like, this is why I really like the young Tom Holland Spider-Man that, like, they're kind of figuring themselves out, and that's always more interesting than you just being, like, in, you know, completely dominant force, right? was also glad this was not an origin story, because I didn't yes, know if it was yes. going to be or not. And they kind of they kind of fake you out of the beginning when you have, like, that little kid, and, like, is this Bruce? But, like, it's not Bruce. Like, that's modern day. Yeah, exactly. And, like, even after they like, basically established, they know this is modern day, because, like, he's using his cell phone or something, I'm like... But is this modern day? Because I was still like, oh, but we're going to have like the whole like, you know, Joe Chill killing the Waynes in the alley, right? And it's like, no, yeah. we're just. But I did think my friend, I don't think my friend agreed, but did you get the sense that the little kid who sees the murder is maybe getting set up to be like a Robin type character? A hundred percent. I said, yes, this little kid is going to be Robin. When I told this to my friend Dylan, who actually was just talking about the Penguin Show, he said he thinks the kid that had half the face paint on that was part of the gang is going to be Robin. Oh, okay. I can see that. And I was like, oh, that was interesting and a thought that I didn't have. But yes, I absolutely can see that as well. Yeah, because there's like five or six different Robins. There might even be more. I don't know. There's a bunch of different Robins. So like you could have more than one. I know like, I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, but that I think that kid will eventually be a character too, right? Like the one that couldn't beat up the guy, so... Yeah, my only other real thought about the, the, the Batman is that I don't think... I think Robert Pattinson's a great Batman. I don't think he's a good Bruce Wayne. But I also think... I got the impression from this that this Batman hates being Bruce Wayne. Like, he just has no interest in that part of his personality. Yeah. And so I think yeah, yeah. that maybe part of the reason I think he's a bad Bruce Wayne is because he doesn't want to be Bruce Wayne. So it's, it's kind of like an acting choice to be, like, disaffected and then, like, uninterested in whatever. He's just like, I don't want to do this. I want to be Batman or alone. I either want to be solving crimes or, like, not talking about it. Like, I don't want to be, like, a billionaire philanthropist play you know what yeah, I mean? Just he like, doesn't want to do the playboy that. thing at all which is kind of cool to be honest you said that you thought he's a good batman do you think he's a good bruce wayne or no at the age and and place that he's in i think that he's playing the character very very well because what's he supposed to be like probably 25 or 30 maybe uh yeah i would say like tw- 25 20 to 27 is okay. like what i'm thinking he is so like you know he's kind of coming into terms with himself he is a billionaire but his parents are dead he was kind of raised by alfred so like I can see you being like, okay, now, like, I have to start my own adulthood, right? Like, yep. and figure this stuff out. So, yeah, he's kind of reluctant, but it doesn't bother me at all. Oh, I forgot. I have one other thought to say. I was not ready for, like, a hot Alfred. Like, I don't think I've, I don't, like, I know kind of what Andy Serkis looks like, but, like, he's mostly just, like, he's Gollum or he's, like, an ape or whatever, right? Like, he's just. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm just like, oh, who's this, like, you know, handsome British dude? I'm just like, oh, I guess that's Andy Serkis. Okay, but I was just like, oh. Yeah, that's like, really funny. Like, Alfred's like usually just like an old dude, like Michael Caine, right, or whatever. Yeah, but yeah, just like yeah. have him be like a hot young British guy. I'm just like, all right, that's a different kind of Alfred. All right, it works. <laughs> yeah, that, that is very funny. I didn't think about that, but I'm glad that you brought it up. Anything else to say about the Batman? 
no, it's it's really awesome. I could, I could definitely digest 15 of those. Like, give me a Batman-averse. They should revolve the DC-verse around Batman yeah. more than anyone else, 100%. And so, mm-hmm. like, just make 75 of these. I'm fine with it. Do it. Definitely. I agree. We have a... Patreon page on the show, TooFast2Forever.com. Shout out to Cassie Wilson, Jake Freer, Ben Milliman, Nick Burris, Alex Ellen, and Justin Kleiman, Brian Rodriguez of High School Slumber Ooh. Party, Haley Gerbys, Wes Hampton, Christian Larson, Jerry Robinson, Dan the Duke, Hayden, Renato DiDonato, Michael McGann, Lane Middleton, Lindsay Lewandowski, Nate Milton of the Kings of Sport, Jason Rainey, and Jessica Collins, a.k.a. Mon Tez. Thank you all for supporting us at the $5 a month level or above. Bonus episodes, early access to episodes, stickers in the mail, DVD pledge drive. It's all kicking off at TooFast2Forever.com. Go do that thing over there. We have an email address, too, family at cageclub.me. And Joe, we have one email today. Okay. This is from the aforementioned Jason Rainey. He says, hello, Joey and Joe. How are you guys doing? I am a relatively new listener to the podcast. I thought I'd finally write in to say hello. I've been a Fast and Furious fan for a few years. I've seen some of the first films when they came out, and they didn't leave much of an impression. However, right before Furious 7 came out, I randomly decided to watch all the movies in two weeks. This time, they did something to my brain, and I've been hooked ever since. I wish I could remember exactly how I found your podcast. I may have been searching for another pod with a 2 or an F in the title, but once I saw the name and concept, I knew I had to give it a shot. I listened to a few random episodes, enjoyed what I heard, then started back at the beginning. says, my night job gives me a lot of time to listen to music and podcasts. Okay. Well, we talk a lot. We talk a ton. So plenty of time. Nothing but time to fill up. I'm currently about halfway through lap six at the moment. I think after about five or six months of listening. So far, it's been fun to hear some of your guys' theories about the films, especially hearing how some guesses turned out for Hobbs and Shaw and F9. I appreciate hearing your passion of the series and getting to hear your guests' takes on the films. Despite my own fandom, I'm not a lot of people I know are into the franchise, so listening to your podcast really scratches this particular nerd itch of mine. Not much else to say. Hopefully, I'll have more to write about when I catch up. But before I sign off, let me give you all my current series ranking. Here are my current least to most favorites. So I got to add to the rankings tab. Going to get two rankings tonight, Joe. We're going to get Jason's and we're going to get our guests. That's very exciting. Number 10. The streak continues, Joe. Number 10, Hobbs and Shaw. Tonight's episode. Number nine, Fast and Furious, the fourth one. Number eight, Fate of the Furious. Number seven, a little low, Fast and Furious 6. Number six, Tokyo Drift. Number five, F9. Number four, Too Fast. Number three, Furious 7. Number two, the original, the Fast and the Furious. And number one, the correct answer, Fast 5. Beautiful. Solid list. Solid list. Really solid. Yeah. Six was a little low, but it's okay. He says, stay fast, stay forever, Jason. And then he sends in some car pictures, which we can do in a future episode. And he also includes a thing about Nicolas Cage. He says, this isn't Fast and Furious related, but since you're also Cage Club, I want to send this video. It's an animated clip from a podcast where the hosts go through a news story about Cage's outrageous past spending. Even though the article probably comes from a snarky place, the guys from the video are Cage fans. And the animation of Nick enjoying his riches is pretty hilarious. If you haven't seen it already, you can watch it here. So, Jason, I did not click that yet, but I will watch it, and I'm sending it to you now. And we can watch it later tonight. Cool. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Jason. Thank you for supporting the $5 a month tier. Ride or die. What tier is that? I should know what the tiers are called. The Crew, $5 a month. There you go. Thank you so much. Your stickers and your DVD will be on the way to you shortly, if they're not already, by the time you hear this. So, thank you, thank you, thank you. 
But again, that's all the emails, family at cageclub.me if you want to write in. If you want to talk about the Batman or the after party or anything, we can spoiler or whatever. You'll figure it out. But just feel free to write in about anything. It doesn't have to be the Fast and Furious. And we'll read it on the next episode. So please and thank you. On the streets, news about the Fast and Furious. Anything you've seen in the last week? Um, No, I haven't seen anything. There were two little things I think I saw. Young Rock next week, which we talked about, which is this week as... Wait, did you say it comes out on Tuesday nights or Wednesday? Tuesday nights, right? It said March 15th is when it comes back. So whatever okay. night that is. So that's as this episode hits the main feed, that's tonight. Okay, cool. So if you want to watch Young Rock, watch Young Rock tonight on NBC or tomorrow probably on Hulu and Peacock and whatever. So we both really like season one. So we'll cover season two as episodes come out on here. And the Christmas show too. I liked, I liked all of it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Forgot about that. Yes, for sure. Um, and the other thing that I saw, which is not really news, but kind of news, is that F9 is now on HBO Max. So if you have not seen it yet, or you want to see it again, or whatever, Ooh, it's yeah. out there on HBO Max. Yeah, that's um, my, one of my coworkers watched it, and he, he did not enjoy F9. He came to me, he was like, I was like, you're allowed to not enjoy it, bud. Like, that's okay. Like, I don't take offense to it. I didn't make Does he like the franchise, or does he not he really care about it. the franchise? He really? Loves it. Okay. Yeah, he just, he said he was just, like, um, very disappointed he had the same problem that we that I have with eight, which is like, what is the what is the plot? Like, what why is Cipher a bad guy? It's the Cipher problem. Yeah, so he had a very 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 similar problem with it, and I was like, oh okay, I get you. That's what I said. I was like, yeah, I get it. And he said he really liked the brother edition, like the secret brother, but he was just not happy with that. So. Uh, so if you, again, it's on HBO Max now, if you have not seen it yet or want to see it again, but I'm sure that everybody who's listened to this has seen it already, or they have access to it already, they rented it or bought it or whatever, so, but it's out there. It was a big banner ad when I opened up HBO Max, I was like, cool, alright, it's here. Joe, is Dwayne Johnson in F10? Have you heard anything? No, I have not heard anything. Answer still no then, I guess. All right. I guess it gets still no. The final thing to do before we take a break then is to talk about the Too Fast, Too Furious Minute, Minute 52 and then I called, where's your big mouth now, boy? Which sounds incredibly condescending. Yeah. So in this minute, the race continues. Fabio completes his turn around the barrels. Roman and Fabio pass each other in opposite directions. Roman turns around the barrels and hits the Nas to quickly catch up to Fabio. Fabio swerves into a road sign, sending it into Roman's path and making Roman spin out. Then as Fabio and Roman near the finish line, Brian revs his engine in preparation as the minute ends. So we were saying, you know, I think you mentioned in the last episode a race we're seeing everybody's angles or whatever and so 
you know, a race that is a quarter mile was much longer than 10 seconds because we're seeing it like here. This is like maybe a quarter mile going back and it's a full minute. Right. So it's just like taking a sweet time in this in this race. Yeah. It's like you see everybody's angles and over and over again, different shots. Like they also they need to drag it out. Can you imagine if like all the races actually were ten seconds? It'd be pretty wild, right? It'd be funny. I mean, we're like we're complaining about you know Fast Five where we don't see the race, but it's like you wanna you wanna actually want like just a ten second race? Like yeah, I wouldn't want that. Would you? I don't think that'd be that much. No, fun. no, 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 no. Like it's cinematic, but I, I was just it, it just goes to prove that like what we were talking about a while ago that like I'm like this is gonna be like a seven minute scene. It's just like they they really like this is minute three or four already, right? So like it just yeah, there's, there's a lot to a lot to see, I guess. As I was watching this minute, the sign was interesting, but it gave us another mile marker. There's that sign that Fabio hits, spins into Roman's path, then Roman hits, kind of spins out. Yeah, um, I have a question about that. Do you think it's more? Is Fabio a better driver than Roman's a bad driver? Because it seems like both equally credible and incredible that Fabio is able to hit it exactly how he wants it, but also Roman suffers from it so much. I don't know, but I feel like we've seen Dom do very, very similar things with cars, right? I think it's more so just like he's a really good driver and like it's just geometry, right? He like knew it was on wheels, so he just like hits it on the right side of it and it pushes it left into the street so so basically you're saying that fabio is doing something that like any good driver should do but roman eating shit seems a little embarrassing on his behalf no because then also something like popped out in front of your car and you're kind of trying to swerve around it so like you're doing a hundred we see a speedometer right so like he's going real fast uh i think it's both of them are are doing good drivery things. I, I bet hitting the sign and knocking it into the road perfectly is way more difficult than it looks, but I think that, like, it's something you could accomplish if you were a good driver. You know what I mean? It's not, like, yeah. unfathomable, like, only stunt drivers could ever do this, right? Sure. But you were saying that, you know, you did you have another point to make about the sign? Yes, I did. I So, like, it was actually really, really hard to stop and read, but I stopped it and got a good read on it. The major point that I wanted to say is, yes, there's a phone number on it, but there is an address on the bottom of it, like, that you get for, like, a millisecond when Fabio's hitting it, or, like, maybe Roman is hitting it, like, it's coming at the screen for, like, one millisecond. Oh, like a street address. Yeah, and it gives you 3290 Northwest South River Drive, so, like, then we know that mile marker of where they are. Okay, very cool. So, so that, they had already turned that, does around. Does that fit in line with what we thought? Yeah, that address matches the street. It's on the same street as the phone number reverse lookup that we did for the other place, Jones's boat dock or whatever. Cool. So yes, it is. Awesome. Um, is there anything else to talk about before I make this phone call? Um, I found some other things inside Roman's car. Oh, like just what? Does Fabio not have Nas? I don't think so, because I think he's just American Muscle. No that Nas feels like such a disadvantage. I mean, Dom has Nas, doesn't he? Never in the never in the Chargers. Doesn't he in the first race in the franchise? Doesn't he like prime his Nas? Huh? Did he put Nas? You mean at the end of the movie, like jumping the train tracks? No, no, no. I'm saying like in the first street race. Yeah, but he's using his Mazda. He's he's not using oh. the Charger. Remember? Oh, he has like a, he has a a race car, like a Japanese car. Remember, he's the red Mazda. Yeah, I forgot that. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I understand not wanting to, like, taint American Muscle with, like, you know, tuner bullshit or whatever. But, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you're racing against cars with Nas in, like, a do or die, you're going to lose your car. Like, maybe 
maybe do something. Like, don't be that confident in your ability. You know what I mean? Like, it's a weird kind of like flex, I think. I don't know. I'm I'm taking a wild guess that these old cars, unless they have fuel injection, if they have carburetors, I don't know that you can use NOS in a car with a carburetor system. I'm not gotcha. sure. Okay. But just like it works differently. Like I, gotcha. I think okay. that you need fuel injection to be able to run the NOS system. I might be saying something completely wrong, but that makes logical sense to me. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. So you would need to do like a bunch of other modifications to update the American muscle. Right. Which we know that like, you know, there's always grumbles between should it have fuel injection or carburetors. And then like, so if you needed that, then sure. you'd, do, okay. be, yeah, it'd be really fundamentally changing what's happening. That tracks. Any other points? You were bringing up something about Roman. You found some other stuff in Roman's car. No, blah, blah, found blah. some other stuff in Roman's car. Um, when I was thinking, I didn't have a really good question, but something that stood out to me about this minute that I could possibly try to work into a question is that we get the good camera flip in this one. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is very interesting and something that I never remember, but watching it 15 times today, I was like, oh yeah, I forgot that Like we flip upside down. Maybe a question about that, but I don't know. I how have to, a like, question. I don't know if I love this. We'll get to the I question in a yet. second. Go ahead. Oh, Rachel, I texted Rachel, I'm like, please keep me updated about the Batman, he said, uh, the Batmobile. She says, it's out and in stock. I just haven't dropped the $99 on it yet. So it's out now, which is cool. So oh, makes very sense. cool. Nice. So I'm calling maybe Florida Fresh Seafood, Florida Fresh it's Seafood. It's not. It's not. If you look at the link, and that's not there anymore. I'm actually taking a wild guess that this number might be dead. Well, that would make my life easier. But let's see here. We're sorry, you have reached a number that has been disconnected or is no longer in service. Yep, that's what I thought. It's weird that it took three full rings to get to that Same. point. Same, that's why it threw me off too, I agree. But yeah, because that, that fresh seafood place is no longer there, it's just like another auto body shop or something, machine gotcha. shop kind okay. of situation. Okay. So I figured there's a good chance that it just disbanded, but maybe mm-hmm. it also moved, that's why I was like, I don't know. Gotcha. So the trivia question that I was working on, do you have any other points about this or you want to talk about the trivia question? I would like to talk about the trivia question. Oh, there's a Corona. There, No, there's a there's a Cuervo ad on the side of a trailer, which I thought was... Blasphemous? No, just interesting, right? Like, we see okay. so much Corona everywhere. There was a Cuer- Viva, Viva Cuervo one, and I was like, oh, interesting. So I have two different wordings of the same question, but I want to... I think maybe about the sign that Fabio hits into Roman's car. So okay. either what object does he hit with his car as he aims to slow down Roman, or what does Roman hit in the race that spins him out? Ooh. Because I, I like the idea of the inverted camera question, but like what, how would you frame that question? Like what are we actually trying to, okay. Like what cinema, what cinematography is interesting about this minute? What cinema, cinematog, cinematographic choice is interesting about this minute when Fabio and Roman are racing and it would be like they do a screen wipe you know what I mean like that's that's kind of the idea that I was going for but I I don't mind this question either because I mean the the main part of this minute is he hits a sign so okay so which of these wordings do you like more or do you think there's a, a third word the second better? one okay what does Roman hit in the down and back race that causes him to spin out so what do we want to what are four options a shopping cart um, his Nas. A street sign. Uh, uh, a shop sign on the street. Yeah. Or a store sign, a store sign on the street. 
Yep. And then one more, because that's the right answer. Shopping cart, a store sign, his Nas, or we could just say Fabio's car. Oh, yeah. Like, I was thinking that or, like, a tree. But, yeah, oh, Fabio's yeah. car sounds good, too. A tree. Cool. Oh, cool. Yeah, there you go. Question, or minute 52, where's your big mouth now, boy? What does Roman hit in the down and back race that spins him out? The answer is a store sign on the street. All right, Joe, let's take a break. and Let's come back to talk about Hobbs and Shaw. Fast to Forever. This is episode number 229, Hobbs and Shaw. This episode is brought to you by Hobbs and Son Garage. They're an independent automotive service center featuring quality AC Delco parts, and they offer maintenance, service, and repair. Check out Hobbs and Son Garage. Well, shout out to Hobbs and Shaw. Hobbs and Son. See? It's hard. That's why I was pacing myself well it's the same kind of thing where it's like we can't call too fast too furious too fast too forever or it's the same thing yeah yeah, like the one thing you say it's tough yeah guys our our job is really difficult this is also (laughs) not our job our hobby our side hustle is very difficult with us tonight we have a sort of a friend of a friend of the pod not the friend of the pod uh not melissa linem but justin Kleiman. Patreon supporter, friend of the show, has written in a bunch, listening, you know, picks movies for us, all this different stuff. He's like, I got a friend, I got some friends who really love these movies, and they would like to be on your show. And so, I know that we've gotten some pictures of Justin and his crew seeing these new movies. I don't know if our guest is in those. We're going to find out very shortly. But with us tonight, one of Justin's friends from the Purple State, that's probably not a thing, from Minnesota, with, alongside (laughs) Justin, we have Michelle Farley. Hello, Michelle. Hi, guys. How are you? I'm doing great. Now, are you in those pictures? Do you Are you on the opening night crew when Justin goes to see these movies as they hit theaters? Not as of yet. Um, I wanted to go see Ooh. F9, but I wasn't fully vaccinated yet. Gotcha. So we didn't go. Did finally see it. I own it. But Cool. Leisha, and Leisha was my spouse, uh, and Justin also go see the Purge movies together. Oh. So I... So I I own a lot of movies and like I buy a lot of movies that even like movies I don't love. It's just if I just like it or it's on sale or whatever, I'll just buy one. But I was walking by my shelf the other day and I'm like, oh, I only own the Purge election year. Like that's a weird like I think it's my favorite one of the bunch, but I'm just like, that's such a weird one just to own one of them. I'm like, it's not the first one. It's just like the third or the fourth. And I'm like, okay, cool. Is that the one that came out like 2019? I think so. That would that would track based on the theme of it. The Purge election year was no 2016. Oh, okay. So whatever oh, one came right. out the summer before the pandemic, Justin's like, who wants to go? And I'm like, not me. Alicia <laughs> and Justin went off and saw it. That's awesome, though. I, man, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know why I own that. I don't know anything about it. I think it was my favorite one. I know the American Horror Story election was terrible. I hated that. But like, no, it was terrible. But yeah, just in case anybody's curious, the one, in case it's a security question anywhere on some website, what Burge movie do you own on Blu-ray? The answer. <laughs> election year. <laughs> That would be a great drop down. It's like Mother's Maiden Name, Purge movie you own on Blu-ray. 
you know, I, I, I know that I know too many things about my boss when, like, I can answer his trivia questions. I'm just like, oh. what's your favorite sport? What month is your best friend born in? I'm just like, why do I know these things about my boss? Yeah, oh, no. terrifying. It's scary. But anyway, Michelle, welcome. Thank you for being here uh, for Hobbs and Shaw. I can't wait. So, <laughs> question. Did you see this movie in theaters? And if not, Absolutely when was the first? Did. Okay, cool. Saw it opening weekend. Perfect. Beautiful. So when, what is your history with the series then? Have you, have you been a fan since the beginning or when did you come on board? Uh, I definitely saw the first one in the theater back in okay. 2001. And I don't think I saw the second one in the theater. And then saw the third one and I was like, what was that? And then um, <laughs> didn't skip the fourth one, but the fifth one came out and it was, people were like, it's so good. And I'm like, I like action movies. Saw that one, loved it, and then have been at the theaters for every single one of them since, except Beautiful. for F nine. Missed F nine in the theaters. Gotcha. Well, that was you know pandemic. That's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. You have a, you have an excuse yeah. for that. Yeah. I w- I will say. I mean, uh, Joe and I both love Fast Five. I guess my favorite one. I think it's the best one easily. But I've been listening to this podcast with Gorley and Russ, where they talk about horror franchises, and they were talking about like the fifth movie and how the fifth movie, and like all in Halloween and Nightmare and Friday the Thirteenth, are all like not great. And they're like, is the fifth just really hard to do? And I'm like, Fast Five. And then one of them just like, but I think, isn't Fast Five like the best Fast and Furious? It's like, it is. So like some it franchises is. could get it right. But it is weird to think about objectively. The fifth one is the best one. But yes, it is. Like to think about it, it's also like the, the at that point had sort of almost rebooted it three yeah. times. Definitely. Yeah, exactly. So you sent these over to me via email. But being a fan for 20 years, can you please rank these movies for us either from favorite to least favorite or least favorite to favorite? However way you want. If you're going to bottom up or top down. Sure. Please rank these movies for us because I'm very curious. I think every time I watch them through, we I end up changing the order. That's how it goes. Yeah. So right now, I really like F9 and... Wait, so you're saying F9 is your number is your favorite movie in the in the no. bunch? Okay. Fair. That's you I are, really, really, really liked it. You are the first person, believe it or not, out of twenty two people who have given us rankings, including F9, you're the first person to give it number one. So you have broken new ground here. Well, then watch, I'll rewatch it again and be like, Oh, I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> How many times have you seen it? Just once? No, I've watched it through at least twice. Okay. And then I just caught it on cable this weekend, and I watched the very end of it again. Yeah. And I was like, ooh, you know, so, I don't know. It, I was just really in the mood for it, and I don't know, it just kind of worked for me. No, I get it. I get it. I, I did a dumb thing in scheduling the podcast, and we watched it, what, Joe, like six times in six four months times. or something? Yeah, it that was, was amazing, it was a lot. that series of podcasts. I was like... I was just like, was, I, don't, I don't know if this... It's too many times, so we have a, like, a skewed sort of... Uh, perception of it, yeah, yeah for sure. Okay, so right now, F9, you're number one. And then what? Yep, and then I'm going right to the email here. Cause I, might, I know, cause Last night I was really thinking about this. After I love after how I like, our guests work. take this so seriously. Like I think this is very, you know, it's appreciated. And I should be at work tonight too, but I actually switched shifts. So yay me. Well, thank you. Yeah. According to my email I sent you, it was, then it's number five. Okay. Okay. And number six, number seven. Okay. And then twist, number three. Okay, Ooh. not really a twist. We all we love Tokyo Drift here. I didn't when I first saw it. I didn't like it, but then when I bought the Blu-rays, I watched it again, and I was like, parts of this haven't aged well, but parts of it I really like. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have no idea what you could possibly be talking about with things that didn't right. age well, but you know, yeah. And then number two, number one, number four, and finally F eight. I hated F eight, guys. I'm okay. Sorry. No, we we have strong feelings about it as well. We do. I saw it in the theater, but I. 
I must have immediately forgotten it because we were watching it at home. And it looks like, you know, where Cypher is menacing Elena. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, they're not going to kill her. Come on. And then they kill her. And I was like, did I see this movie? <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, did I fall asleep? Was I like, I was, then I was legitimately like, like I had somehow gaslit myself that I hadn't seen it. And I was like, no, <laughs> I went and I sat in the theater and watched this. That's like, there's a big moment where it's just like, mm, okay, don't know if I saw this. And then you, so you did not rank Hobbs and Shaw, but you said in the email somewhere in the middle ish. Somewhere right? in the middle. I, I, when we saw it in the theater, I loved it. Okay. But I think every time I've seen it since, I was like, ooh, less love. So here's a question that I think Joe and I like realized how to articulate sort of recently. Do you think seeing Nine has changed what you think about Hobbs? Not the character, the movie. Yes, maybe a little bit. I haven't watched Hobbs and Shaw completely since I saw Nine the last time. Okay. And I think I was listening to another podcast that made this observation that Hobbs and Shaw, for having come out in August or September of 2019, comes off as dated already. I think it's the Game of Thrones thing in 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 I large. Think that's yeah. So and like you know, like the virus is called Snowflake, and maybe we all just feel different about viruses now. I didn't. I don't think. I don't know if we talked about the Snowflake virus in terms of like the data nature, but that's definitely a good point. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think and, we've ever talked about the name of it being like that. But you're right. Now that you say that, but I feel Snowflake has just become such a part of the lexicon now. Yep. But it does date that, like, it would be called that then, even if they don't yeah. use the word the same way. That makes sense. For a lot of reasons, I'm not a huge Kevin Hart fan. He's not in it a lot, but he's in it just enough where I'm like, yep, keep moving. Keep it moving. <laughs> you know, I, I like him. I, like, I don't I won't see a movie because of him, but I like him in movies and I like him in this. But like today, watching it today, I, it did strike me. I'm just like, it's weird that he's here. And I don't know it what weird. it was about this watch. But I'm just like, OK, so they're on the plane. And, like, you know, they just have, like, it's the moment where, like, after Shaw kind of betrays Hobbs and whatever, and, like, just tries to screw him over and, like, tries to leave him behind. And then all of a sudden, Kevin Hart's here. And it's like, what what movie is this? So, well, and it's, the running time is just, I mean, isn't it almost three hours already? No, it's, like, 2.16. But what's nice about this is that there's, like, it 16 minutes of credits. It, it does okay, feel a little maybe long. that's it. Yes. There's a ton of credits, yeah. But in the theater, even one of, Alicia and I, one of us, we, like, we poked the other person and we're like come on like <laughs> the audacity to have him riffing on this sure. like let's go yeah you know? so before we talk about this movie in particular uh have a couple questions for you just to get a sense of who you are as a fan we know what movies you like and don't like but are you ready for just a couple not too many just a couple questions about the franchise sure first off question number one do you have a favorite character, either in this movie or in any of the movies? Do you have a favorite Fast and Furious character? Mm, I really like Hattie. Okay. Yeah, Love she's Hattie. great. Yeah, yeah she's great. Big, um, big fans. When I first started watching the movies back 20 years ago, I really liked Letty. Mm-hmm. Michelle Rodriguez has said things and done things where I'm like, you need to figure out what's going on with you. Either be okay with being queer or be straight or stop drinking or do something. I'm not sure. <laughs> so... And so like that started to kind of bother me a little bit, where it's like, we get it. You don't like the women, except when you're wasted, and then you love them. Yeah. So And like that kind of like flavored the character a little bit for me, didn't love it. Well, it's hard, and I think, you know, she's not the only person in the franchise or any of these films who have had, like, you know, comes with a little bit of baggage. And I, in this movie or any movie, it's hard to sort yeah. of sometimes always separate the art from the artist. But Hattie is great, though. And as far as I know, Vanessa Kirby not canceled, just an adorable <laughs> delight and just wonderful and yeah. beautiful and a great actor. So yeah, shout yeah. out to her. 
totally different ball game. You come from, you work in the performance art venue, that kind of space. I do. If Joe and I were pulling a job mm. and we needed your help and we're like, we need to go in this other room and do whatever we got to do, maybe lift a car, maybe steal some stuff, who knows? But we need you to distract this room of people like Roman does in Furious 7. We need you to sing a song karaoke style to either captivate or horror, like terrify, you know, scar this room of people. What <laughs> song are you singing, either acapella or karaoke style, to get this room's attention so Joe and I can do what we need to do in the other room? Oh, I can't really carry a tune, so it's going to so have to be fine. horror style. Yeah. yeah. It'd have to be something from a Broadway musical. Let me think. Ooh. I know most of the stuff from Wicked, but I can't hit those notes. Well, like I can't really sing, so like it, it does. You know, I, I did like a Mariah Carey song. Yeah, like, sometimes it's just it's so bad that it's good. I mean, if I'm gonna go real bad, let's just say I'm gonna do Defying Gravity, and I'll just I'll just just miss every single one of those notes, and they'll be like, <laughs> "Stop." That's from uh, from that's the Adina Menzel song from Wicked, right? Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the closer for the first act. I don't think we've gotten any Broadway musical songs. I was thinking before. that Have we, we do not have a ton of Broadway. I don't think so, which feels like we should have Weird? more Broadway than we do. I agree. Because until last episode, Michelle, we didn't have any re- repeat, like no duplicates. And then somebody gave mm. finally gave a duplicate. But like, like it feels like Nate would have done what he did, Candy Girl or Wagon Wheel. He didn't Ooh. even do like it feels like he's, you know, because a big Hamilton, Hamilton fan, right? Yeah, yeah so. he's a big Hamilton guy. Wow. No, I think you might be our first... Our first Broadway. So congratulations for, you know, kicking down that door. <laughs> I love it. Now, the last thing, we could either do it now or at the end. It's going to be up to you. But we have a Fast and Furious character quiz where we find out we do some, you know, multiple choice questions to find out which character in the franchise you are. Do you want to say that till the end or do you want to do that now? Let's just do it now. Cool. All right. Seven questions, six answers per question. No wrong answer. You can either describe your answer or just let it be. Let the mystery be. Question number one, Michelle, how fast are you? Are you NASCAR, roller coaster, Lamborghini Murcielago, Toyota Prius, Vespa, or Razor Scooter? Probably a Vespa. Okay. Not very fast, but a little fast. Not very fast. Just a little fast. Question number two, you know it's coming. How furious are you? The Hulk, Kylo Ren, Christian Bale, that one movie set that one time, Hmm. Mel Gibson, Charlie Brown, or Jack McBrayer? gonna go with kylo ren pretty angry okay so a little fast but pretty angry okay (laughs) michelle we're having a barbecue how are you helping are you manning the grill are you saying grace are you kicking back with a beer are you babysitting are you being the entertainment or are you sneaking a snack i'm probably gonna be opening the beers okay (laughs) love it question number four you've got time to kill what are you doing are you grabbing a bite Are you working on your car? Are you hanging with friends? Are you drinking a beer? Are you working out or are you doing work on your computer? Probably working on my computer. Okay. Question number five, describe your wedding. I'm never getting married, which I know is not the answer. I hope it's not the answer you choose. (laughs) Although if you want to go that, by all means, go with God. It's just me and my partner. It's us and our families. It's a backyard country affair. Everyone I know is there. I don't remember. We got married at midnight uh, when the law changed in Minnesota on the rooftop of a bar. Love that. Here. Yeah. But it really was just, um, well, besides the people who didn't realize it was real until halfway through the ceremony. And then they were like, is this real? It was just us and our witnesses and some friends. Because, again, it was midnight on like a Thursday morning. 
me and my partner and us and our families. Which one of those do you think feels more reflective of that wedding? Man, we didn't. Neither of us had any family there. Not because we're estranged or anything. They just like again when you're getting married at Spurred midnight on a Thursday. Of, yeah. yeah, it's yeah, sort so of maybe like, just me and my partner. Just keep yeah, it nice okay. and intimate. Let's just, let's, let's, there yeah. you go. You know, that, that's where, like, this, this quiz kind of fails, because, like, open-ended would be better, but, like, you know, we got to ass- assign points somehow. So, question number six. You just won the lottery. What are you buying? Your own garage, a private plane, I'm gambling it all away, my child at home, a fleet of cars, or a new life? Definitely wouldn't gamble. Windfall of money. Where are you going? What do you, what's, what's your shopping spree going to be? It'd probably be electronics or crafting supplies or books <laughs> what what i think joe correct me if i'm wrong but i feel like the my own garage is kind of like whatever kind of works yes it was right? okay. yeah Let's it was do like my own a, garage a warehouse thing. kind of situation you can use yeah. the garage to do to make a crafting barn if you'd like that would yeah, work like, you don't have be you're the auto mechanic of crafts or whatever there you right go. so yes cool. exactly that was always the exception like you could you use it to make a storefront yes and question number seven, and I think as a bartender, is going to be a very interesting question. The final question to decide it all, what is your drink of choice? Belgian ale, Corona, something fruity, water, whatever's cheapest, or just, you know, Joe's getting a drink. Just get me one of whatever you're having. What's with the Belgian ale? But honestly, I, as of uh, January 1st, Leisha and I decided to take a break from drinking. So you want to go water? Or you want to go Belgian ale or different answers, depending on. Who- uh, let's do Belgian ale. All right. Michelle, I am happy to report that you are Mr. Nobody. You are the current Russell character, Mr. Nobody. People (laughs) see you as a bit of a mystery, and you love it. You've got more going on than anyone realizes, but your greatest joy comes from executing a plan perfectly and leaving everyone around you wondering how you pulled it off. You're great at keeping secrets, but you're always willing to help those who can help you. You don't have a family. You don't have family, so to speak, because letting people too close might dissipate some of your mystical aura. But you'll settle for friends, and you drive like the wind wind blows. I like it. I could see that. Cool. Well, I mean, like when we used to do the Harry Potter quizzes back before uh, the author of Harry Potter Mm -hmm. became (laughs) so much worse. Uh, I was always Slytherin, so that fits. I can't tell you how many times I took the Pottermore quiz because I kept getting uh, Hufflepuff, and I'm just like, I'm not a Hufflepuff. And then eventually, at some point, I'm just like, no, nah, I'm a Hufflepuff. I just got to give it, and I got to accept you just gotta, it. So. You gotta, yeah, I did that too because I, I was like, I'm not sure I want to be a Slytherin. And then you know, you just got to move into it and be like, this is it's chosen. Got to embrace what it. it. Yeah, Slytherins are just not they're not evil. They're just misunderstood. Yeah, hey, that's what man, I go with. Rachel, Rachel had to tell me that I was a Slytherin, and I, and when I accepted that fact, my life became a lot better. <laughs> like it just made a lot more sense like she was like look like she had to sit me down one day and be like you know that you're slithering right and it's this like, you have to have to be okay with it and move on yeah i'm always of the mind that i don't know if i've said on this podcast or not but like anybody who says they are gryffindor is not a gryffindor i tend to agree with that yeah everybody, everybody wants to be a gryffindor i wanted to be a ravenclaw that's all i wanted i wanted to be a ravenclaw i kept getting hufflepuff and i'm like i guess i'm a hufflepuff which i realistically i'm a hufflepuff like there's there's no bones about it. I'm a Hufflepuff, so you know. The very last time I took it, I was I ended up getting a Ravenclaw. So then I told everybody I was a Slitherclaw. Like that. That's pretty cool. Yep. Let's bring it back. Let's 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 slide through the Universal Studios in Orlando, Florida, from Harry Potter World over to the Fast and Furious Supercharged Ride to talk about Hobbs and Shaw. See that transition? That's you can't make beautiful. this stuff up. It's beautiful. Nice. All right, Michelle, Hobbs and Shaw, the floor is yours. I don't know if this is a movie that you picked or just one that we are going to go with or whatever, but what do you love about this movie? 
Patty. What do you hate about this movie? Dinkley? Anything? Hit us with your thoughts, your overall thoughts on Hobbs and Shaw. I'd have to confirm this with Leisha, but this might have been the last movie we saw in the theaters before. Ooh. Well, wait, did Hobson Shaw come out before or after Spider-Man Far From Home? Oh, that's a very good question. I don't oh, know. I, don't, I have the phone next to me. I'm going to look it up. For Leisha had surgery in January of 2020, and so we were already kind of not going out. Oh, like, okay. And so we were like, you know, no movies or anything. And then obviously we thought we'd be back to movies and then everything shut down in March. Mm-hmm. Hobbs and Shaw came out like five weeks after Far From Home. Far From Home, June 26th. And this was August 2. Yep. Yep. So this is the last This is the last movie I saw because I didn't see anything in the fall, which is kind of weird. Then watch. I'm going to be like, no, I saw it. But I really don't <laughs> think I, I just like how 2019 is just a blur for me now. Well, there's the there's the before times and then there's, you know, since we've had COVID, right? So like, right. It's, it's the whole like, I don't remember when things were before. I just know it was before when we were allowed to go out freely. Yes. So we saw it opening weekend and we saw it in this very small theater right in, um, on the river in downtown Minneapolis. Okay. And it was a raucous screening. Like people were screaming and clapping, which is kind of fun. But even we thought it was like, this is it. Because even when you're watching it, it feels long. Like by the time they're parachuted into that mansion and are getting more equipment to go to Chernobyl. Yeah. You're like, where is this going? <laughs> You know, and then they get uh, to Samoa, and you're like, okay, so this is the end. No, it's not. Okay, let's keep going. <laughs> I just liked the choreography. I liked the first real big fight where Vanessa Kirby fights off um, Hobbs. I don't know, like the the beginning where it's like I thought it was interesting how like they have the screen, the split screen between. Yes. And I wonder if that was because they needed each they needed equal billing. They're like, well, we have to have the exact same amount of time. Well, one thing that we talk about, and we've talked about on here before with regards to this movie, is that the MPAA, which I think is now just the MPA, only allows you to get one fuck in a movie. Yep. And so we're always curious who gets it, because it's like kind of like an honor or whatever. Like, you know, who who has the privilege of saying that? And I feel like it's the same kind of thing where people are counting punches landed and punches hit and blah, 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 and all this different stuff. And it's just like, I can't let him, either it's intentional or a nod to that or like just a joke or whatever, but it feels like, no, we both want to get it. How can we do that? Oh, we'll say right. at the same time or whatever, right? Yeah. Um, and then like I love Idris Eldra as uh, Brixton. Mm-hmm. And like I love his remote control motorcycle. And we have some friends that uh, got into the Fast and the Furious movies during the pandemic. I have, man, we have a text thread. Leisha was away from their phone for... I don't know, like 40 minutes and came back to like 80 plus text messages. And it was just the three of us talking about Fast and the Furious movies. Well, because I was trying to explain the timeline to my friends because they were (laughs) like, wait, they were like, but Han died. And I was like, okay, okay. They hadn't gotten to see Hobbs and Shaw yet. And I was, so I kept sending them the motorcycle gifts where like, where he slides onto the truck. Yeah, that's a great, I I really like that. Yeah, I love it. How do you think the action, because I know that like this movie is sort of like in the middle of your rankings, but how do you think the action in this compares to the other movies? Do you, like, do you think it, like stuff like that holds up against anything else in the series? Or do you think still overall it's just kind of like in the middle? I think it's kind of in the middle. Like, so it's, it's cool for this movie, but not necessarily cool for a Fast and Furious movie. Yeah, I mean, like, we almost need more cars. Because, I mean, like, you really don't even get cars until they're on Samoa and they have all those trucks. How do you feel about this being in like the fast and the furious do you feel like it feels like a fast and the furious movie or not like a lot of times we talk to people and they're like it doesn't feel like it i know you just said that there's not a lot of cars but like did did you have that feeling i think now after seeing nine it's sort of it feels much it doesn't feel quite as much into the series 
And it, it definitely feels like there's the nine movies and then there's Fast and the Furious brings you Hobbs and Shaw. What I what I saw for the first time in, in that regard is that on Letterboxd, one of the alternate titles is that it's listed as Fat, Fast and the Furious 8.5, which I'm what? like, that's like a real slap in the face. Like, it's not listed. Like, that's like an alternate title. But I'm like, that just like reminds me of like Lion King one and a half, which is like, yeah. it's like, this is a straight to video thing that wasn't good enough or whatever. Like, obviously yeah. this was in theaters, but it's like. I don't know where that was called Fast and Furious eight and a half, but that feels like a real slap in the face this to this movie. But the description is like immediately after Cypher or the after events of yes. fighting with Cypher. So it's yeah. like, so I mean, I could see why they were like, well, yeah, it's right in between right before nine. I mean, it also like in the, in the Lion King sense, like aren't Shimon and Pumbaa kind of like Rosencrantz and Gilded Stern and like to the Macbeth of Lion King. And so like, it's just like, Hey, it's these two characters that, you know, from that uh, they're doing their own thing. So like, let's follow them first. So kind of, but still weird. Yeah, and then like Ryan Reynolds, who I really like, even that starts to feel a little bit where you're like, okay, yeah, like just the bit where he's like, he can't tell the different the voices apart on the phone. Yep, it's I mean it's funny, but you're also like, let's keep it moving. We've got a deadly virus to track down. Joe, how did this play for you this time? Because we we were talking like we I think we both liked Fate of the Furious a lot last time, sort of out of nowhere. But like, how did this play for you this time through? Um, it was really interesting watching it after we had just come off watching the two transporter movies. I think or sorry, the three Transporter movies, because I found great, great joy in the scene where he, like, fights inside the apartment. Yeah. Like, inside mm-hmm. Hattie's apartment, just coming off those. Like, I was like, oh, like, because I think at one point he picks up, like, a toaster or something and, like, hits the guy with the toaster. And I was like, oh, this is so transportery to me. And that was, like, really awesome. But isn't it a toaster that also has, like, four slots? And I was like, does Hattie just eat a lot of toast? I have a I have a four slot toaster too, so I mean, don't well, judge. Okay, I'm like I'm just saying that's like she, we we assume she lives alone, so that's a lot of toast for one person. That's true. Sometimes you know, like I don't think I've ever used four at once. I have used three at once, but like yeah, four four for a single person is a lot. So you're not wrong. It's a lot. It's definitely definitely a lot. Yeah, that was like my main takeaway. But I still like as I was watching, I was like, this movie is just still so much fun to me. Like it's a I, lot like, of fun. I haven't gotten, like, bored of that yet. Like, the stakes, obviously, they're saving the world, but, like, it feels lesser than, like, them. Like, I get it. Hattie has a deadly virus in her. It'll kill everyone. But at the same time, it's, like, it's kind of tongue-in-cheeky. So, like, yeah, I still have a lot of fun watching this one. Yeah, it doesn't feel as serious as some of the other movies. Well, and, like, that's the thing. Like, you know, you didn't really officially rank Hobbs and Shaw in your list. You, you, you sort of have a sense of where it goes. But, like, a lot of the people, especially recently, and I don't know if it's because of F9. It's why I sort of asked before. But, like, a lot of people just haven't been ranking this one either because they don't like it or they don't know where to put it or it doesn't feel like a Fast and Furious or feels insignificant. So, like, you know, I like this movie. I think it's a lot of fun. But it does feel like there's a backlash, at least, you know, anecdotally based on who we've been talking to about these movies recently. Well, then somebody asked if they should see it, and I'm like, you know, it's fun, but, I mean, if you've never seen any of the Fast and the Furious movies, do you have to see them? No, you don't have to see anything. It's not, you know, it was not going to be a test. It's not a requirement. They're fun. If you like action movies, they're fun. I thought about something this time that I never thought about before, is that in the opening diner scene where it's Hobbs and his daughter, and they're talking about how good she's doing at school, blah, blah, blah. He name checks, he's like, and that that report you did about the old men in the sea, that's really good. And I'm like, is, are, they <laughs> trying to, are they trying to tie this in thematically? Because, like, the old man in the sea is about, like, pride and endurance and, like, it, it kind of is on brand, but also, like, it kind of applies to, like, every movie and every story. And, like, yeah. I, I never spent time thinking about why 
if it matters, because like he's just like, oh, your math is good, your this is good, and that old man in the seat. But like they they call attention to it in a way, and I'm like, I don't know why. What like what what are we doing? The the Nietzsche things got me this time on a very similar note. I was like, really, guys, you know? Like, <laughs> I just love the family tree where there's just a question mark for the child's mother. It's a be- it's a beautiful tree with three leaves, yeah, uh, two F names, and there's a question mark. And then he's staying. Well, wait. Then he leaves her with. Is it a friend or is that because he calls her the aunt and that's who she's with when he calls later. We had this question before because he says like you have no family. So we're thinking it's like a like a proxy aunt kind of situation. Like a friend who's just close so that they call aunt. Family of choice stuff. That's probably. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking, too. But you're like, hmm, because she's never met any of his, you know, brothers or mother. Because at the end, and, the, and I will, even though it was like, this movie was not as good as I remember, the post credit scene where she meets the grandmother, I'm like, oh. Pretty sweet. Joey didn't ask it to start this one, but we've been talking about... Um, oh, I forgot. I forgot the question. Family, yes, please hit us with this. Yes. Because uh, we're doing like the Shaw Brothers lap. So um, we've been talking, you know, like different family members and things like that. If you could add somebody's family, like a family member to a character in this movie... Doesn't matter who, can be as wacky and zany as you want, like if you wanted, you know, Dinkley's mom in this, right? Who would you add to this? And if you need a second, we can let Joey answer first. I miss Owen. I liked the Owen character. Yep. He's a, yeah, he's definitely a good answer for sure. At some point he's like, well, my brother died. And it's like, wait, Owen died? We've tried to suss out the the dialogue and the explanations and like the descriptions of things in this movie a lot. And nothing really, it's like, just like the ant thing. Are you using ant symbolically? Are you, is it actually your brother or like, you know, like a brother in arms? Like, what what are we talking about here exactly? And we don't know. Well, and especially since Owen was just there to rescue the baby. In f- uh, the eighth movie. Yeah, we don't see him die, for sure. No, we don't. Are they just not? Like, was Luke Evans too busy? My answer for the last movie was that I wanted to see Hattie, because, like, in, in the last movie, Helen Mirren's just like, you took everything I hold dear. It's like, you didn't take Hattie. We don't know that Hattie exists yet. Like, you can't say that you, like, so it's just a weird retrofit. But I my first thought for here, too, was also Owen, because I'm just like, Owen would fit in perfectly here. A, a movie about family, what are we doing? Yeah, there's another Shaw want running around in this series. Like, where mm-hmm. is he? Vanessa Kirby and Jason Stratham could be siblings, but they're clearly, what, 21 years apart in age? Yes. But then the, yes. they're yeah. the flashbacks, they're maybe three years apart. Yeah, also true, yeah. Every actor in Hollywood plays, like, a little younger than they are, but still, even if you're like, okay, so he's playing 40, then, like, is she also playing younger? And, like, there's still 11, like, it, like there's no way yeah. to make that math work, right? It so. doesn't. Exactly. No. I mean, like, I have a one of my brothers is eight years older than me. So, like, you can have an age gap in a family. Yep. And Leisha's siblings are, I think, 12, 14, and 16 years older. Oh, that's that's a big age gap. That is actually, yeah, but that's also a blended family. So it's... Okay. Makes sense. But still, like, the Shaw's can be a blended family. Because, like, you know, Helen Mirren's also true. criminal. It's not like, you know, it's not like she's like a like traditional family values or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, she could just be, have, like, people, kids, like, of all ages, right? So who knows? Well, yeah. And then in F9, we've got all the, the young family there, too. Yeah. Joe, who did you think about? Because I, I, my my first thought was Owen. I'm trying to think if I can think of another one. But what, who did you want to see in, in this movie? I have a hard time believing that none of the Hobbs brothers have children, and I want to see a whole gaggle of Samoan children running around and have a moment where The Rock's daughter not only meets her grandma, 
but also meets all of her cousins. Love that. That's a good point. And like, would no other sibling have left ever? Like, they all just still work and live in that family compound, and maybe they do. And maybe they do, but but also like, it's hard to imagine he's the only one of them that had a child, right? Yeah. Like, you're right. That does seem strange. That there wouldn't be at least another generate, like another child, one other child at least running around. One, yeah, anyone. Like I just watched this week as I'm watching through the horror franchises. I watched Nightmare on Elm Street five. What's called? Nice. Uh, no, no, six. No six. What did I watch this week? I think it was Jesus. I think I watched six. I think that's what I watched. Freddy's I Dead: The Final Nightmare. Those in forever. Oh, nice. I went through in college at that point. We watched them all in a weekend, which I don't recommend. It was weird. The first four are awesome, and then five and six, not so great. I've never seen New Nightmare. I've heard really good things. That's next week. The reason I bring this up is because in Freddy's Dead, they flash ten years forward to the future because Joe, as you know, I'm sure, as listeners know. The reason Freddy Krueger is doing what he's doing is because these kids bullied him and killed him or whatever in high school, so he's going after their kids. Mm-hmm. Not in high school, he was older, but like they're, he's getting vengeance on, these, on the, the children of these people who killed him. Okay. And so we flash forward in the future 10 years in six. This entire town, there's, there's one kid left. Every other kid has killed themselves or has been murdered by Freddy. And wow. so this whole movie is just like adults and like there's no kids, but like there's a reason there's no kids around. Like when we go to Samoa and there's just no one there, it's like, why, what, no, where, where are, like, how is it, like, this isn't like what life looks like. There's like people yeah. of all ages around, right? It's not just yeah. like, it's not just like WWE ripped people and like one Samoan mom, right? So yeah, that's, that's it. Well, then like you assume that she would no also have siblings. Here's what it is, I guess. So I don't know. No, so I loved Hattie's apartment in that fight scene. I was like, can we just get a tour of that apartment real quick first? Oh, beautiful apartment. And like, I need a floor plan so I can look at it, just see what was happening. Like hyper-modern, looked very Ikea. Yeah, right in the heart of London. That's probably, what, 5000 a month right there? Probably. This is super random, guys, but you and I, or whoever controls the Twitter account for your uh, your for the podcast, uh, we had a Twitter interaction when you back, probably summer of 2020, when you did Blue Crush. Okay. And you were talking about how the maids wouldn't know the professional serving serving rates? Oh, yes, 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 yes. My uh, my union is uh, also represents uh, hotel workers for the most part. Oh, Actually, the majority cool. of hotel workers. That's really cool. Yeah, I forgot that. I forgot that you, we've been yeah, we've cuz I think Justin introduced us sort of somewhat or like told each other about each other and so you've been right. following us on Twitter for a while and so I, re- I do remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I was like, oh, that's right. Yeah. Blue, Blue Crush is still an amazing movie. Saw that in the theater, too. That was, one of the, that was one of the ones where that was before I had air conditioning. And so I just showed up at the theater and I was like, what's the longest thing starting in the next half hour? <laughs> Very well played. I love it. And they were like this. And I'm like, even better. Yeah. Obligatory shout out that Racer Trash did uh, Blue Kush. And also, by the way, I don't think we've said it on here, but all of Racer Trash's things are available for download on the Internet Archive. So if you want to, any of that, any of the things we talked about on there, they're all on the Internet yeah. Archive. But they did a whole like remix of it, uh, you know, trippy, weed inspired, whatever, about called Blue Kush. So hmm. what else about this movie? I think other than Dinkley, is there anything that you hate or even just don't like? Don't like. I really I don't like Kevin Hart, as I mentioned before. I just he just has said too many homophobic things. And so he shows up and it's like, Ooh, right. You're going to mm. kill your son for acting gay. So, okay. So then here's a, a, I guess a different way to ask that is that, is it just like the movie just doesn't do it for you in the way that other fast and furious movies do? Like, why is this ranked lower? It's just like, it's just not as exciting as like fast five and, and nine and whatever. 
Yeah, I'm not even see that. I just remember when Hobson Shaw came out on DVD or Blu-ray. You know how it's like on Tuesdays they're cheaper at Target or whatever. I happened to be at Target that day and I saw it and I was like, should I buy it? And then I was like, eh, I just don't see myself sitting here and being like, you know what I need to watch tonight? Right, Hobbs and Shaw. I get that. But I own the other nine movies. So that says something right there. Because like I own, we have a lot of DVDs and Blu-rays. So there's stuff that I'll probably never watch again. I own Argo because it was cheaper to buy the DVD than go to see it at the film, uh, at the movie sure. theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not a good movie. No, you know, I, when I watched Argo. it. Oh, it's so bad. The book's really good, it. though, actually. Best Picture winner, Argo. I will have you respect Did it the really Academy. win Best Picture? Yeah, it won Best Picture. Did I not watch the Oscars that year? I don't know. Whatever it was. I remember watching it and being like, this was bad. <laughs> Same. Um, my sister and Rachel both were like telling me that it was a really good movie and I watched it and I was like, are you guys broken? And again, I was like, they're like, yes, because the, like, he's like, well, this person can blend in as anything. He's also Ben Affleck. And you're like, no, doesn't work. Yeah. Anything else of note about Hobbs or Shaw, good or bad questions, anything like that? Or, or F9, if you want to mention anything about F9, because it's still sort of new in the consciousness. Uh, I guess that for also the Hobbs and Shaw, it's, I feel like it's kind of weird that they have like sort of a flirtation between Hattie and The Rock, or Hattie and Hobbs. Mm-hmm. When they kissed, I was like, this is just as, as, as hot as if uh, Jason Statham and Vanessa Kirby kissed. Like, it's, there's nothing there. Like, what is happening? We hoped for a while, because like, as representative as this franchise is, the one thing that's really kind of lacking in is queer representation. And they mm-hmm. have a couple of characters in like video game. They added a, a, a non-binary character in, mm-hmm. in the Spy Racer TV show. And like they're, they're slowly getting better in that kind of thing. They are. Yeah. I, I mean, I've watched some of the cartoon, but Justin thinks it's funny because uh, Justin's son and I have the same opinion of the cartoon <sighs> where I'm like, could I just watch the movies instead? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a running joke on the show, too. That just how how much Justin's son hates Hank. Yeah. yeah. How much Hank hates Spy Racers. <laughs> he I, I was like, well, I'm going to watch it. And then like, like a couple hours later, I was like, I agree with Hank. And Justin's like, no, come on. Just the Justin was like, we'll skip to this point in the season. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so there's some good stuff. It's just like, it's not necessary. Yeah. It's not made for us. Right. Or just, you no, know, it's, it's not, it's made for a very specific audience, which theoretically would be Hank, but you know, maybe Hank's got a sophisticated palate. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> maybe. Yeah. He's just not into it. So, so for I- a while, like, you know, given the lack of queer visibility, we're like, you know, what would actually be really cool is if someone who's like traditionally mass, like super hyper masculine, like The Rock came out as like gay because we, we know he has a daughter. But we never meet the, the mother or all this stuff, whatever. And we're just like, oh, like he just like he just has a boyfriend or a husband or whatever. We don't yeah, know and you just don't, you don't see him paired with any love interest at all. Exactly. And so we had this theory for like, you know, probably two years. Right. And then we go see Hobbs and Shaw and they kiss. And we're just like, oh, don't do that. Like, oh, it's again like if it was passionate if it was sexy that's one thing but like it doesn't like what what what's going on yeah it doesn't fit and even she's just like he's like you want to do that again and she's like no i'm good because they're both beautiful people they are it should be it should be it should be sexier or something but it's not i don't know it It just just doesn't work yeah it doesn't work and vanessa kirby like she was in the crown and she's amazing in the crown and she was in that small md that i saw on streaming and i the thing with Catherine watterson where it's like old timey and they're a lesbian couple uh yes but then what's it called it's called the start of the world or like what is okay the world to come that's it so and like that was good and yeah. it was worth, you know, and that's worth watching if you haven't seen it. Yeah. It's intense, though. It's got um, 
you gotta deal if you can't handle Casey Casey Affleck, then don't watch it because it's yes. The Vanessa Kirby The Rock thing gets me because like I kind of get what it's doing for the story, but also not. And now yeah. that like The Rock has come out and said like, oh, like I want like a really good just like walk off into the sunset ending for the second Hobbs and Shaw, and it's kind of hinting like he's only doing another one and then it's gonna be over. It's like so what. What benefit would it have to have them together? Like, it's more of a joke that, like, he kissed Jason Statham's sister more so than, like, them being an actual functional couple. Well, and it's also, like, back to, like, the, like the, when, they're, when they're on the plane, and he's like, if she wants to climb this mountain, like, that's... Yeah. I'm fine with that. Like, ew, she's right there. You know, but the, <laughs> there's, there is something... There's something a little bit, like positive or or because he's describing her not like she's like oh my god she's so beautiful she's hot she's so sexy whatever she's like you know she's competent and confident and powerful and blah blah blah. like she's like he's complimenting the right things and it feels like he's got respect for her but doesn't seem like he's like into her right so it's like it's this it's it's un it's unusual for an action movie but like cool for like a respect kind of thing but it's just like it would be cool if just like oh also like she's gorgeous like even like he like if we set it up i don't know and it doesn't even seem like he, he like is acknowledging that she's attractive, but it's not even that like he's attracted to her. It's like, well, if she wanted to, I guess I could do it, you know? But like, that doesn't, I'm not getting that he, wa- like, he's not like, yes, this is going to happen, you know? That, yeah, it just feels really tacked on. And like, and honest, and again, with the, the how long that movie is, I mean, that's only like a couple of minutes, but they could have cut that right out, been fine with it. So at the end too, and this is why I got my aunt to watch this movie. I'm actually sure she watched it. I'll have to ask her because I was telling him how at the end he's like, I'm like, well, one, he puts a shirt on after he's been running around and she's like, what is he cold? And I'm like, I'm not sure. Not the point of the story. (laughs) Keep going. You know, they hook all the trucks up and they're yelling and then they all just release the truck. The ending with the, the truck chasing on Samoa is an amazing ending. Because it's just funny and over the top, and we're like he's holding like the truck and the helicopter. Yeah, he's the he's the link between them. I agree. Somebody complained that that was a uh, ripping off the Avengers, one of the Avengers movies in some capacity. Oh yeah, no, Captain America does the same thing. He holds a helicopter and he holds like the the roof of a building. He holds a helicopter, and so he does the same thing for sure. Yeah, but my aunt was like, "Well, that sounds interesting." <laughs> like, it's like, yes, that's exactly how I would describe the end of Hobbs and Shaw. Interesting. interesting yeah well she hasn't seen any of the movies but every time i show up on a podcast talking about it she's she'll listen to it that's cute well hello hello to your aunt hello aunt <laughs> uh, she's good i don't know if she'll listen to this she might like i said there's an hour of us talking before you join about like the batman and stuff so there's even more so you know oh, man. i'll have to listen i haven't seen the batman yet i want to go see it that's great it's great is it good okay yeah. well it was three hours we though really I, it. it's yeah yeah if you think yeah. these movies are long I can't do a three-hour movie. I can't. Joe, anything that you saw in this movie for the first time? Any, any new thoughts you had? Any new notes? No, I mixed them in as we were talking. I have one other thing that I th- I'm pretty sure we've talked about, but I had a new sort of thought about it. But So in this movie, after we go to Samoa, Hobbs is talking to Jonah, and he's talking about, like, oh, like, the, the business is doing really well. And Jonah's like, yeah, you know, there's people all around the world who want our cars, like, you know, London and Rio and New York. And I'm like, so these are all places that the family has been to before. Yes. And I'm thinking one of two things. I think the the angle that we talked about in the past was 
they're either supplying the family or the villains either way with like these cars like oh there's gonna be a showdown in new york whatever i I think we've talked about that maybe we haven't i don't know but the funnier thing that i was thinking about i think is funnier today is that instead of that like they're not at all involved with like the family like doing a heist in rio or like cypher and doing the, the, the zombie cars in new york they're not involved with that at all but what they are taking advantage of is that all these crazy action stunts happening in new york or wherever all these people are just like i need a tuner now like i need a cool car now and they're like we got you man so <laughs> we know who to call i think that's kind of funny that like it's not like they're directly you know involved in the crime but they are directly profiting off of it so i think that's kind of you know maybe or maybe just a coincidence who knows i don't know well then there's a weird thing where it ties into the italian job maybe yeah i just watched the italian job again for the first time in like a decade or so and i was like this holds up joey's not a fan i love it i love it i think it's still a ton of fun and now with it being reinvigorated by this but um joey's not the biggest fan of the italian job that's fair Huge! It's uh, it's awesome for me though. And now that like I watch Transporter, I just see Jason Statham doing transportery things and everything. So like, just fucking put them all together for me. That would be I, fine. I wish there was a way that we could just make the mashup movie, not like Racer Trash style, but just have like Jason Statham be like, "I'm the Transporter. I'm Owen Shaw. I'm sorry. I'm Deckard Shaw. Whatever else characters. Oh, the from Handsome Rob from the Italian Job, and just like push nice. them all together. I'm sure there's a really good supercut like trailer on YouTube. Like I don't know if we need a movie, but like we definitely need like a connected like a Statham connected universe where yes. like it's it's all of his action scenes and he is all the characters because like in all these movies he's just playing Jason Statham, right? It's just like with a different name or whatever. So yeah, if you guys seen Spy where he's with Melissa McCarthy, love Spy. We didn't watch it this. I lab. haven't seen it. Yet. It's it's awesome. Oh, it's so good. And Joe, get ready just to bask in your glory here. This is called This Ain't No 10 Second Race, a.k.a. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. So this is where we go on Twitter.com, a.k.a. The Bird app, and find anybody who's tweeting about the Fast and Furious that we don't know. And we tweet at them, boy, do we have a podcast for you, and link them to the show. And hopefully they listen to it, they respond to it, whatever. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Come and check out our show. Yeah, yeah. Michelle, what you did, what you're not privy to, unless you listen to the episode that just came out, was that Joe hit a home run in a way that we have very rarely, if ever, hit a home run. Because this game should be easy, not easy. But Joe hit a uh, slam dunk, grand slam, whatever sports might, touchdown, yes, game winning goal. Happy to see you, right? Just the, yeah. it's, it's, <laughs> whatever you want to say, golden goal. He did amazing last time. So we're going to look back at last episodes tweets to find out who scored points hint joe and then we'll do this episode so i found shetty 13 or ashwin shetty at shetty 13 tweeting at vin diesel f10 and 11 storyline could and should incorporate the transporter stories and the italian job joe what you were just talking about Mm. seems like they could serve as deckard shaw and cypher's origin stories fuel for thought and I said, we lost our minds when Shaw said in Hobbs and Shaw that his mini was from a previous job. Having just watched a Transporter series, we'd love for Frank to be the same guy, too. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Yeah. And of course not. Zero points. I just announced Jason Momoa is going to be in the... Mm-hmm. Are you excited about I was that? Like, That's going to be good. Yeah. It's going to be very good. I'm going to skip Joe because there's just a lot going on there. We'll get there. But uh, our guest last time was Josh of Whole Lot of Wolves. Yes. And Josh found uh, Eric Goldman at the Eric Goldman and Jim Vivoda at Jim Vivoda. 
Eric Goldman is talking about. I hope we get an amazing tell-all documentary about all the drama behind the scenes in the Fast and Furious movies. And then Jim said, for a series all about family, they sure seem to fight it out in public all the time. It does seem like they've split into Team Vin and Team Rock, which means the only recourse now is Fast and Furious Civil War. And we said it seems like FNF Civil War would be the perfect end to this incredible franchise. Boy, to the podcast for you. Again, great tweet. Great find. Zero points. <laughs> that would actually be a pretty good movie. I would watch that. That'd be amazing. But then, Joe, you found Emily underscore Fast Saga FR at EFast Saga, who in her bio is like, I love Team Paul Walker, Team Chad Lindbergh, all this different stuff. Emily says, some people make me laugh. They were never there for Chad. And overnight, boom, he pops up out of nowhere. He pretends to be a Jesse fan and a Fast and Furious fake fans. Basically, I'm a big fan. I followed from one to nine. I've always been there for Chad. It's my Jesse, me. I'm a real fan. 100 emoji. Wow. And we said, we love Jesse, too. We've been there since the beginning right there with you. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. And Emily liked it. Emily retweeted it. Emily <laughs> responded to us a couple times. Emily <laughs> followed us. Emily went and liked about 15 of our other tweets. Yep. Nice. So, Joe, you get one point for the like, two for the reply or the retweet, five for the reply, another five for the follow. So that's 12. And I'll give you another three for the because, again, once it you went down that rabbit hole, bananas, you get, you get, yeah, 15, she was you get 15 points, which that's fair. I think that's fair. Almost insurmountable. I had almost caught up to you, and now I was only two and a half back, and now I'm 17 and a half back. That's that's fair. That works for me. You have 63 points, Joe. So you would you had 48 points before, and Emily wow. got you 15. So like, just it was a huge. You hit the nas. 100. percent I think I found my honey hole. Um, I hope you don't steal it, but I got another hot one tonight, and I hope that it works out just as well. All right. Well, first, Michelle, can you please read your tweet? You sent it to me, so I have that ready, but please read who it's from, read the tweet, and how you would like us to customize it from our account. I don't know if you really, since they're talking about the Newcomers podcast, which I also love. Oh, they just announced, yeah, Lauren and Nicole are going to do the Marvel movie, so that's starting now. They just started. The first episode of the Marvel movies dropped, season dropped yesterday. And for the previous season, since uh, Lauren Lapkus was out on maternity leave, they had John Gabris on, and they did all of the uh, Fast and the Furious movies. And I'm a little ashamed to say how many times I've re-listened to that season of podcasts now. They are both very funny ladies and the great movies. I love Lauren. Yep, yep. I, li- I like Nicole, but I love Lauren. So Yeah, John Gabris is funny, too. He's on a lot oh, of Oh, I love Gabris. Gabris is yeah. great. So it's a tweet, but it's about um, a couple that's in the hospital for to deliver their twins. So they're probably pretty busy. Oh, yeah. So it says, Newcomers Pod. My wife is in the hospital to deliver twins. We've been watching the Fast Movies to listen to the pod and have seen through eight. Good luck for us. Hobbs and Sean F9 are on the hospital TV. Love it. So what do you, how do you want to respond Perfect. to Owen McGuire? Oh, I don't know. Owen Shaw McGuire? Owen Shaw McGuire. You have to ask them, did you name your baby Brian? By any chance? Well, it's twins, so... Oh, did you name your baby <laughs> Brian and Dom by any chance? Oh my god. <laughs> They're gonna be like... Yeah, and then the picture is uh, I presumably his wife uh, pointing at the screen. And even though she's got a mask on, she looked like... That's the that's one of the happiest faces I've ever seen in a mask. Just like, True. look at how, how happy her eyes are. Yeah, she does. She's definitely smiling with her eyes. Hopefully, Hopefully it was a good experience all around. And hopefully Tyra, wherever Tyra is, she's happy that someone else is smizing. Yeah. I'm going to say 
did you by any chance name your babies Brian and Dom? Because if you did, boy, do we have a podcast for you. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Perfect. Joe, I found one, but please hit us with yours. Mine is from Haddam. I'm going to butcher this. I'm sorry, Haddam. Well, you already got the first name wrong. Hamdan. Hamden. Yeah, Hamden. The, the town you live in almost. Almost. Hamden. Haddam is the town that Adam lives in. So it was Adam, Hamden, Adam. So this is a Connecticut first name, no matter what. Yeah. At Amir, at Alathir88. As a biggest fan, I'm begging Vin <laughs> Diesel and Dwayne Johnson to work together in the next Fast and Furious movies. Because when you both are together, it's like all the eyes of the world are on you guys. He tags Vin, he tags The Rock, and does hashtag Vin Diesel and Dwayne Johnson, please work back together. Prayer emoji. <laughs> and you saw his bio, right? Oh, I know. That was part of the choosings. So, Michelle, Joe's new strategy, which worked gangbusters last week, which either means it's going to work every week or never again, there's going to be no middle ground, is he finds people who say they're the biggest fan of the Fast and Furious and then just let them know about our show, which, you know, seems like a foolproof plan. Pretty much. Pretty so now, much. Joe, how do you want to respond to Hamden? We would love for Vin and The Rock to put their differences aside and work together in the next Fast and Furious movie, too. We say it all the time. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. We would love for Vin and Dwayne to put their differences aside and work together for the next FNF movie. We say it all the time. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Perfect. It'd be very funny if Hamden does not re- reply, but The Rock's like, oh, you do have a podcast for me. It's just like, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, The Rock's like, thanks, guys. Even better. I don't think it's going to work. I just think it's funny for one specific reason, which I'm going to comment on. Okay. So I found Meg Dean at Hippie Wiccan on Twitter. And this is a, it was posted via IFTTT, the if this, then that. So like, it's an automated, like when something happens, something else happens. Yep. Meg posts, I just watched Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw, March 7th, 2022 at 8.36 a.m. And the reason I like this is because who's watching, I mean, she's probably logging it on Letterboxd or something from like the night before, but I just like the idea of someone watching, like waking, like instead of waking and baking, just waking and Hobbs and Shawing and being like, and I'm going to say to Meg, anybody who wakes up, who starts their day with Hobbs and Shaw is family already or something like that. Because I just love the idea of someone being like, what do I need to do? The first thing I'm going to do today, I'm going to watch Hobbs and Shaw. Get up and get your coffee, sit down, watch Hobbs and Shaw. Like, I watch Hobbs and Shaw at 8 o'clock in the morning this morning because, like, I've seen it nine times and it's a job for me, right? Like, that's, that's yeah, different yeah, yeah. than just, like, a, like a, a, a a normal person. And I say that in, in a way that Joe and I are abnormal in this sense. A normal person should not be waking at Hobbs and Shawing, but if that's the case, I love it. It's beautiful. So... I'm saying anyone who starts their day with an 8.36 a.m. viewing of Hobbs and Shaw is already hashtag family in our book. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. <laughs> awesome. I don't think Meg is going to respond, but maybe Meg, maybe Meg has been waiting for this. I don't know. Who knows? Who can say? Truly, who can never be sure? But Michelle, thank you so much for joining us. You were an absolute delight to talk to. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to having you back with Leisha and ha- getting even more Fast and Furious takes. Maybe we can talk about the, maybe by that point we'll be a Purge podcast. We're not going to be a Purge podcast. No, yeah. <laughs> I would. I haven't seen any of the movies, so that would be more of a Leisha thing. But yeah, that would be awesome. Very cool. Thank you. So what would you like to plug? Is there anywhere that you want people to find you online? Or if not, if you want to remain a mystery, that's fine too. I do a lot of knitting. So if you like to talk, you can find me on Twitter if you want to talk about knitting. But in fact, I've been knitting while we've been sitting here. Cool. 
That's awesome. Knit, knitting and podcasts go together well. I've, I've they heard, really do. You know, like the How Did This Get Made podcast, they talk about like people in the front row knitting at their shows and stuff like that. So just like a mindless activity to do like while you're talking or listening, right? So yeah. Yeah, it's nice because it's like uh, I've been doing it for a long time, so I don't even need to really look down at my hands. So I, I might be able to do it in a movie theater if I had something that was super Ooh. like mindless. But cool. Thank you so much for joining us. This was a treat. Next. So Joe. Yes. We have, we've been teasing it for a while, a little while. But we have, between now and next episode, we have Brian's second, I don't know, how many movies has he made us watch this lap that he's just like, do this one, do this one, do this one. But finally, we're going to do Caligula, the very incredibly sexy Helen Mirren film. Yeah, he was stoked. Then, next week, we are going back to how we basically started the lap with the OG Shaw Brothers. We are doing the Shaw Brothers martial arts film, the Five Venoms, something's called The Five Deadly Venoms from 1978. So I'm very excited. We got a well, weird I think one. I've seen that one, right? Isn't that good? I've seen it. I think it's great. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. I saw that in Austin at a draft house and Rizzo was there to talk about it. So. Oh, very, very cool. Nice. nice. I don't think Rizzo's going to come over to watch it again with me this time, but maybe he will. I don't know. Come into your house. Yeah. Just you never know. On your couch. Hey, Rizzo, you were in the room when I saw it the last time. Can you come over and watch it again with me? He's like, yeah, man. I love that movie. <laughs> exactly. You want to come talk about it on the podcast? No, nah, I'm good. I will come over <laughs> to watch it with you, though. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Riza. But Caligula and the Five Venoms, and then, of course, after that, F9, as we round, wound down, round up, whatever, the lap. But Caligula for the patrons on TooFastTooForever.com and the Five Venoms to everyone next Tuesday. But for all things Too Fast, Too Forever, you go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash forever or at TooFastTooForever on Twitter and Instagram. Email us family at cageclub.me check out our patreon page at too fast too forever.com and our store at too fast too forever.shop and come back like i said for caligula and the five venoms i'm joey lewandowski i'm joe too and that was michelle farley and we'll tell you all about it when we see you again <laughs>